What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO, episode 38. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the new face of video games, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. What's up, Greg? Not much. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's a Monday. How do you like this light behind your TV? Because Kevin's trying to sell me on a very expensive one. Uh, I mean, I like it. The thing that's nice about it is uh, this right here. Alexa, turn all lights green. Oh. And then it just wow. happened. Yeah. Wow, look at yeah. That. So if like I'm playing, that. if if I'm gonna play Persona Five, Alexa, turn all lights red. Oh. Greg, I I can't explain it in a way that you'll fully grasp until you sure. actually I'm an try idiot. it. Where yeah. once you have the like the see once no yeah <laughs> once, once and when from combined. once you came from once, once you, you came. have like the stupid colors shooting out of your TV. Yeah. It's just a. It, it it takes you deeper into the games. Deeper. Wow. A new level. It does. On, honestly, like, I'm not one for the theatrics when it comes to my gaming setup. I just want to play the game. I'm not Tim Gettys. I don't need a whole theater to play a video game. Sure. But having the red light, and honestly, like, on screen right now, it looks orange. But I promise you, in person, it is very red. Uh, sure. Having that on behind the screen as I'm playing Persona 5 it's a different experience. Like it enhances what's going on on screen to a point where I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. Blessing at this point, he can't actually like, it doesn't change with his setup. He just has a single color that he chooses. Right. Or two colors. Alexa, turn first light blue. But yeah, yeah. Now you got the cops, you know, the five over behind you there. Oh no, I don't like that. Alexa, turn second light green. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now this isn't so. This is Kevin wants me to get the one that like projects the screen outwards. Have you seen this thing? No. What's this, Kevin? Uh, I mean, do you want me to pull up a video or no? What, just what explain it. I mean, I don't know. Is, you, this, you, is this the one that is this like what Tim has, where it is like connected like, to the HDMI, yeah, where it's like, like reflecting the so colors? You know, on the screen? I don't like that you're associating with Tim because I definitely had it <laughs> far, far before he did. But um, I experienced it with Tim, though. I, yeah. Like, that's different. And Tim, Tim has it in a theater. Yeah, Tim's setup is also not, like, it's not, unfortunately, having lights shooting around a projector, it doesn't make the projector look better. You know what I'm saying? You get what I'm, you get what I'm saying? Sure, sure. Yeah, I do yeah, get yeah. it. You, you really yeah. have to enjoy it with an OLED. You should come over. We should watch something together. Maybe one of those Miyazaki movies because they got a lot of colors. You know what I'm saying? Oh, You're yeah. Not, that sounds like a great time. Yeah. Yeah. What about Greg, like an Greg you don't like you don't like Miyazaki? I saw Howl's Moving Castle. He Did you see like Spirited Beans. Away? He's kind of an idiot. No. Don't worry about him. Oh man, I, like I saw Away. I saw your name. Was that him? That's not him. No, I don't believe. You no. sound so dumb right now in front of all our friends. I saw Dennis the Menace, the old cartoon. That is, yeah, that is that Studio was, Ghibli. Hey, hey, Miyazaki. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing: it's just if if I'm gonna watch a cartoon, it's got to have a superhero in it. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I don't need to see. Why don't you watch more anime? All anime is the superheroes. Oh, let me let me let me say it again. It has to have a superhero I care about in it. All right. I watched. Don't care about Goku. Barrett made me watch uh, My Hero Academia for like three or four episodes. It was it was good. Uh, Goku is basically something I need to come back to. I've heard this argument before. Yes, I'm aware that this is the case. All right. Yeah. 
I mean, he is. He's like he's a dude from an alien planet that got stranded on Earth who didn't know how he got there and just had to live with being the superpowered being and ended up sure. having to protect the Earth. But I already get that from Superman better. So why should I go do that? You know I don't know if you get it from Superman better. It's literally that thing of like, I I, I understand that, but Bless. I like this. Like, why? Bless. you know what I mean? What's up, he Kevin? does get that from Superman better. And I've you're seen, saying, I've seen all of Dragon Ball and all of Dragon Ball Z. All right? So chill out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've devoted hundreds of hours at this point. I'm putting Dragon Ball Z above Superman. I'm sorry. What a surprise. How much Superman it. source material have you watched, Blessing? Man of Steel. There you go. Thank you. The defense rests. <laughs> this guy's an idiot. We don't need to listen to him. You know what I mean? That's it. I only have a limited number of hours in my day for free time. But, uh, and I'll be damned if what I'm going to do with them is sit there and watch some cartoon. With that, that I'll, even if I watch it dubbed, I'm going to get yelled at for watching it dubbed. I'm gonna, well, those people, and, those people are dumb. I don't like those people. And like the giant sweatshops. All right, I watched Teen Titan Go this weekend. Mm-hmm. Watch that cartoon. Ooh, that's a great yeah, cartoon. That's actually right pretty there. good. Yeah. So you watch to it. It's a good one. You watch that, but that's that's you don't you know about that, but you don't know more about Superman. Oh, I do. I teen, well, Teen Titans was like a thing when i was growing up like it was on sure. cartoon network at the right time for me yeah. uh and so i absolutely fell in love with teen titans i actually didn't watch much of go i want to watch more of go because for the little i've seen of it it seems like a pretty funny take on teen titans of course but yeah i care uh, it depends on like what the thing is because that uh, batman arkham i love obviously because it's a video game sure. uh teen titans I love because it's Teen Titans. And like from there, I kind of pick and choose when it comes to which DC properties or which DC products that I'll watch. Like the Harley Quinn show on DC Come Universe. On. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But like okay. there's not really been a Superman thing that's ever grabbed me. This new Superman uh, animated movie is supposed to be pretty good. I'm still waiting on my copy to get delivered to the office. I think it's been punted a few times. I probably it's a new one. What's the who's the who's the bad guy? Is it well, it's it's uh well Lobo. The bald guy again? No, Lex. Yeah, Lex is in there. I don't think he's the bad guy, bad mm. guy. You know, I'm sure he has. It was for free. You could have watched that weekend. Yeah, I know. Back to my original argument, Kevin. I only have so many free hours ever, and never, regardless of the property, it's incredibly rare that I'm like, you know what? I can't wait to do sit here for X amount of time watching something. I'd much rather play something. Just get the lights. Read a comic. Just get the lights. Here's the thing. It's gonna make your life better. Just get it. I know it seems expensive, but like you know what? No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now my 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 attorney. Jean-Vivre Saint-Ange the other day when I was talking about this, that Kevin sent these lights he wants me to buy. She said, well, wait a second. I want them to be for behind you to project while you're live. Can we expense them? And I said, I don't know. I'll have to run that by Kevin, the finance department. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we expensed uh, blesses. Uh, I was going to say, didn't we expense like, these? I, I haven't expensed any, any lights for myself, but as soon as someone says I can, I will. Wait, so we did do we, Blessing paid for his or we expensed those? We expensed those. Y'all paid for this. Oh, see, there you go. Then, yeah, yeah. right? Because you figured like just Jen, so you know, it's Jen made it all slope. Halloween. See, she did a whole bunch of Halloween oh, stuff. Oh, that's cool. So she was talking slope. about wanting the lights over here. Where she wants to put a happy like Halloween what? banner there, like but I was like light? too tired last night to do it. But then she wants to have the lights shooting up. What's Halloween over co- there? Green over there. Like, what? What are Halloween colors? Yeah, orange green, orange, black. Did you just wake up orange and black? What is wrong with you? I have a Wait, splitting has... headache, and I wouldn't miss something that what? elementary. Are you hungover? No, I've never cared about Halloween colors. What is wrong with you? The only did, holiday did colors I care about are Christmas. Is oh, Christmas is green. That's this is how great Halloween is, is that I can just have a candy bowl out with skull hands all, mm-hmm. all September mm-hmm. into October long. And then whenever I you want we're like, candy, it's right there. We're not it's right there. Yet and you're celebrating Halloween. The Millers take as, Halloween very seriously. That's a well-known thing about it. As soon as Labor Day is done, you get ready for Halloween. Oh, as soon as Labor Day is done. 
September needs its own holiday. I don't want to rotate the camera, Kev, because I know I'll, I'll fuck it up putting it back. But then over here, she, we got a bunch of bats on the walls and a spooky thing. And then we had this like spider web dressing over here. I don't here. like when people celebrate holidays too early. Because at that this point, isn't it's too like, early. I, blessing. We're in as September. As, Who celebrates September Halloween 21st. It's, it's like Poe's birthday, hearing. the scariest day of the year. That's like celebrating Christmas on like November first, it's like as, bro. Thanksgiving is still no. It's is actually done. very simple addition and subtraction that would have told you there's a lot more different days there. There's 15 <laughs> or 16 extra days there, right there, Bless than you. where we are right now. Bless and I'll, here's what I'll say: is that Halloween's mm-hmm. the best holiday, and it's it's celebrated too short of an amount of time. It's it's sad. It's sad. Oh, no, what, what, you cut oh, out there. No, I say yeah, it's sad. Count. It's sad. Oh, it's sad. But yeah, it is very it's sad. As soon as the previous, the, like the holiday running up to it is done, which was Labor Day. Okay, we can't start calling Labor Day a holiday. Like technically, it's a holiday, hey, but man. we can't compare hey, it to like. Are you coming Christmas. to my house for a barbecue? I. We were supposed I mean, yeah, to wear all white, but Paula didn't tell me she was like doing it, so I was all depressed. I think I wore white. I think you're the only one that didn't wear white. Kevin. It was really upsetting. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It was your house, so you could have changed at any point. That's a great point too. I yeah, don't any. I don't own any white pants or shorts. Bless. I'm just saying I don't know how common knowledge it is what the Halloween colors are. That is the stupidest thing you you've ever said so on any podcast. Right now. Everybody you knows the Halloween so... color. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to ask Michael this. Bring him in here. No, no. Hey, hold on. Oh, oh I hate him. I'm going to tweet it. Hold on. Do you know the Halloween the Halloween colors? Is that the question? Halloween what, what, colors. What are Halloween colors? Question mark. Okay. What are He said orange, quote, brown, black. The, Brown. Brown See, now, if you no, would have done it in a more justified way, I would have told you not to. I would have said, drag him in here. You got to mm. drag him in here. You probably just put it, the whole thing in his ear. We're tweeting. What are the. And I'm putting, quote, the. No, I guess I should have wrong. I, I don't understand. That's like you I, saying right now, I don't know what Christmas colors are. Because Christmas is a bigger holiday. Like you any sound, holiday that's not Christmas, why do I care sound, about what your colors are? What are, the, what are Thanksgiving ridiculous. colors? Maple? Uh, that's easy. Orange, Maple? yellow, and brown. That's Thanksgiving Thanksgiving those, those aren't even, that's like that's Thanksgiving color. You know why? It's like a range of fall. colors. I mean, there's three of them. Yeah, that's but they're all party. like in the same like I don't know like gradient. It's funny. It's funny he said brown because I I think that he's mixing Thanksgiving colors with Halloween colors. But this is like if I ask you what because are Easter no, colors, what are Easter? It's because people hold on, hold on, hold on. Here, here we go. Here we go. No, Lucy James foreign. Foreign. is not. I know she's not. I and mean, that's how elementary this question is. I'm going to get up. She's going to put on the headphones and sit down in front of the mic. You will ask the question, Blessing. Okay. All right. But make, Kevin, yeah. make sure Don't it's a straight up. Don't fuck up this question. Look at me. It's Don't fuck up this question. Lucy, hey how's guys. it going? I'm good. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing good. Did you hear our conversation through the wall first and foremost? Oh, my God. He gave no. you directions. I'm trying to make sure that these directions are fair. Oh. Lucy, can you tell text. me? What what are the Halloween colors? Orange and black. God damn it! Damn <laughs> it! <laughs> idiot! You are dumb. What wait, you Lucy, th- you're free. What are the what? Are, wait, wait, no, 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 no. What are the Thanksgiving colors? Red, white, and blue. I don't know. I mean, I'm British. No. Why would I know that? No, Dude, wait. Okay, do the British celebrate? Uh, whatever. You wait, actually, yeah. Do y'all like? Right now. Do you guys celebrate Halloween the same way the, they do in America? No. no. Okay. No. That's why I figured. Okay. Don't cool. do Thank you so much, Lucy. The Canadians do Thanksgiving, though. It's a different day. It's, yeah, well, you know, it's it's more of a, I don't know. I only know of Thanksgiving because of American sitcoms, really. So. Yeah, that's right. Best Fair. sitcoms. Yeah. Thank you for okay. embarrassing me, Lucy. Thank you. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Crush it. Good job. You're on the right side of history. 
God damn it. Okay, well maybe I'm there maybe I'm the only one. Colors that wasn't even <laughs> worth asking. You know what I mean? Don't try to act. Don't try to because you didn't know something that they should have taught you in like the first grade. You know what's funny? When you buy that crappy, when you buy that crappy bag of candy from Brock's, right? And it's just that stupid, like it's not taffy, but it's almost taffy. There's what they're wrapped up in paper, and it's orange and it's black. Those are the colors. Everybody knows this. Pumpkin, jack o' lantern. Everybody knows this. Everybody, Everybody knows, knows this. this. Well, let me Maybe look I'm at my tweet responses. Now, see, there's this international thing going on, but yeah, Amy Gilroy Irish says orange, red, black, and yellow, maybe a dash of white. Like what Amy, the fuck? Amy Gills, the fuck out, bro. get her out of here. But then what? Mike Minotti, orange and black. DiGiorno, orange and black. Uh, Emmett Watkins Jr., black and orange. Uh, Evan P., orange and brown. Who questions this? Brown? Get out of here, Evan P. Nobody knows what you're talking about. But then, yeah, overwhelmingly orange and black here. You got to start thinking about things, all right? You know a lot about Donkey Kong. You know a lot about all these I other know, games. I do know a lot about Donkey Bless. Kong. Start are, thinking about what Halloween. What are Easter colors? Uh, you're asking answer. me questions. One word answer. Answer. It's a one word answer. Answer. When I think of Easter, I think of the Easter Bunny and I think of pink. Here, so here's what I'm going to say, Kevin. Can I answer? Yes. If because you said it's one word, right? Yeah. Pastels. There you Pastel. go. Nailed it. Fucking nailed it. Nailed it. I mean. Mm-hmm. Bro, Google I don't pastels, what that means. and I guarantee you the Easter Bunny's gonna come up. I don't know what that means. What you don't know what pastels? pastels? Oh my god! Like, what do you mean by that? Like pastels? They're, they're the like Easter a shade that of light. colors that yeah. are like light. Like when you're imagining oh, yellow with the Easter Bunny, that's pastel. I see. There you go. Okay, but it's a variation. It's a whole P- like color pink range. is pink is one of those colors. Yeah, though, absolutely, right? absolutely, okay. nothing wrong with that. All right, I can buy that. Ladies and gentlemen, I can buy that too. And guess what? Even though Halloween is still a ways away, so is, it turns out, the PlayStation 5's release date. Let's get into it on this episode of PS I Love You, XOXO, your PlayStation podcast. Of course, we post it each and every Tuesday morning, but if you want to go above and beyond, beyond, you can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where, of course, you can support us. You can get your questions on the show. You can get your PSN name on the show. You can get the exclusive show, Bless Up. Or no, it's... Uh, no, that's right. Bless yeah, up right. the one Bless that up. the game's one. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and of course, you can uh, be part of the show, like I already said. You can watch us record it live, though, uh, like so many people are, just like Jacek is, Madeline is, James Davis Makes is, and Dragon D is, of course, over on patreon.com slash games. You get to watch us record the show, have a good time, see all the things we have to cut out later because Kevin said something horrible. Every week, he says another offensive thing. Don't make this yeah. about me. Uh, however if you have no bucks toss our way no big deal like i said each and every tuesday youtube.com slash kind of funny games podcast services around the globe uh blessing and i get incredibly nerdy about all things playstation and hang out with you uh we love and appreciate you thanks for supporting the show consider of course subscribing sharing and going to patreon.com slash kind of funny games uh some housekeeping for you of course shout out to our Patreon producers, uh, Mohammed Mohammed, aka Momo, get healthy with Hiram at gmail.com, Tom Bach, Skin Tight Salmon, Jeffrey Peep 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 Long, Julian the Gluten Free Gamer, Sancho West Gaming, and James Hastings. Today, our sponsor, of course, is Freeze HD. This is Scott Porter working against Huntington's disease once again. He'll tell you more about it later in the show, but of course, you could just go to kindoffunny.com slash Team Porter for the full rundown. But blessing. For Greg, now. before before you even move on, I'm looking at your Twitter responses right now, and there are like five responses in a row that mention purple. Nestor on Twitter says orange, 
black and purple. Anuzi says orange, black and purple. Froggy says orange, black, funny, green, it's, purple. It's like and I a, said green, purple. That's where I started. Was green, it's purple. Like a and then I got the orange. So you don't even have orange. Colors. You don't even have the color of a pumpkin. The thing that when you say Halloween, you think boom, pumpkin. The first fucking thing you think of for Halloween. I don't know, man. All, all of fall I associate with You're going to sit here with a straight face and tell me, you, I mean, you know, clear your mind. I say Halloween and you're like, oh, Maleficent. Green and purple. That's what I got happening right now. <laughs> yeah. Wicked. I'm a big Wicked fan. Cyber Calamity here says purple, orange. Also, Cyber Calamity is a great username. Uh, Sam Makovec says Yellowine, hello, or hollow orange, blueberry, and Franken gray, which I really appreciate. Mm. Getting too creative with it, Sam. Getting too creative yeah. with it. I'm not a fan of it. But I am a fan of the PlayStation a lot of 5. Blessing, we uh, earlier were talking about topic of the show. We know we start with a big question, usually a big topic we're going to dive into. What did we want to do here? And so there was this question of, man, maybe we talk about, you know, today's, as of recording, big news that Microsoft has bought Bethesda. And then, of course, we could talk about, oh, man, the, there was the whole pre-order stuff that happened last week with the PlayStation 5. And then, of course, the PlayStation putting up an apology tweet, which is so unheard of. And then I was like, well, why don't we also we talk about the showcase? Uh, of course, since we recorded this show, uh, we now have the release date and the price of the PlayStation 5. And then, of course, there's been all this insomniac back and forth about what it is and isn't in Spider-Man. And then I think it became crystal clear. The thing we need to talk about for topic of the show is the state of the PlayStation 5. Last week... However, Ooh. unlikely. Oh, I forgot. I didn't realize we were doing PlayStation 5 watch. Good job, Kev. Thank you, Kevin. I thought that fit. It, you, you nailed it. I, Kevin, it did fit. Never be afraid, all right? You get in there and you insert whatever you need to insert wherever you need to insert it in the show, right? I don't... Phrasing. Wherever you need to. Phrasing. Uh, but the thing about it is it's hard to believe that one week ago, Blessing, we knew none of this information. Like, we did this show and it was what where are we what are we going to know and uh, you know the week before right i had predicted that hey you know we're going to know uh, i guess i'm thinking two weeks before we knew none of this information last week we did it on as the post show for it sorry i'm it's time's a flat well, circle yeah but, but you think you're right where two weeks ago two episodes ago you were like by this episode the one we're on we're going to have all the information right and like we got the information on wednesday so we had last week's episode to talk about it but Technically, you are correct that now we know all the things that we didn't know. We almost know too much, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, last week it was the post show to the PlayStation Showcase. We, of course, uh, ran through it. We had Andy. We had Tim. We had a good time. But now it's just you and me. You know, we've, it's at, the party's over. We, the kids have gone home. We're sitting here in the afterglow of a great event and some not great things about it. When I ask you what's the state of the PlayStation 5, where do you start to tackle it? I mean, that's a loaded question. I know it uh, is. And I mean, honestly, I would start with today, Microsoft buying okay. Bethesda. Like, I think that is that is such big news and that is such a big blow to how we thought of the the rollout of the PS5 and Sony having such a strong um, approach to the next-gen consoles. Because, like, that's the thing we come back to every time when we're talking about PlayStation, we talk about how they had the lead this time around right and how they need to keep that lead the thing yeah. that is keeping them keeping them that lead is the fact that they have the games to back it up they have a strong first party portfolio they have uh your god of wars your horizons your games that are uh uh filling in that place that third parties aren't necessarily filling in as well as playstation is when it comes to the amazing narrative driven third person action games and like you know everything else that's in the in the PlayStation ecosystem, from Dreams to uh, Iron Man VR and everything in between. You have that with Bethesda buying or with a uh, Xbox buying Bethesda. 
I feel like this finally brings up the question of does PlayStation still have the strongest first party library Ooh. in comparison between the two? Because this is a question I asked I asked Tim uh, this morning on on KFGD, and I'm still I forget Tim's answer, but I think he was still on the side of of PlayStation with what they got. I'm I'm I honestly don't have an answer anymore. I don't know who I would say, and I guess this is a thing that time will time will tell right like seeing the output over the next few years or the next four to five years will really tell a story but as of now fallout elder scrolls doom wolfenstein all the bethesda ips are now under microsoft and that does pose such a big uh i want to use the word threat because i don't think it's a threat but it poses a challenge to playstation studios when you look at what they have and what what both companies are doing in that in their strategy leading up to to next gen well i think yes you're right and i want to get into that but more than anything and it's something i heard you mention earlier today as well it's or at least the concept of it but expanding on it it's the idea that nothing is too crazy anymore like you know what i mean like think if last week i would if i would have been like hey man i think xbox might, might buy bethesda even though i said in the next five years i think there would have been a question of like well sure but like let's see how you know what the ramifications of fallout 76 underperforming is let's see how yeah starfield turns out let's maybe that could be a thing if zenimax started hurting but they haven't ever i think think about it like if e3 would have gone as normal and there wouldn't have been COVID this year Bethesda would have done a press conference like they were a they had stepped up in recent years to be like hey no no we are we're a third party but we're a third party on another level and I know hearing you mention earlier and Tim talk about it of like think about it like as crazy as this is that meant that that Warner Brothers stuff if Warner Brothers were up to sell that could have happened that could have been a thing that uh, Xbox snapped them up and did it so for them to snap these guys up snap up Bethesda it is this like holy shit, is this the last or is this just the biggest as of late? Are they going to continue to do this, right? Like you see this, the number of studios keep ballooning for Xbox Game Studios. And even though they, yeah, I, you know, Jason Schreier tweeted today, right? To answer the question everyone is asking, Phil Spencer tells uh, Dina Bass uh, that Xbox plans to honor the PS5 exclusivity commitment for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo. Future Bethesda games will be on Xbox, PC, and quote, other consoles on a case-by-case basis. Even if we wanted to reach in and start the argument, the conversation of what does it look like if things aren't exclusive, or I'm sorry, if games aren't coming to PlayStation anymore, if you're looking at the next Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls 6 not coming to PlayStation, you're looking at Starfield not coming to PlayStation. I don't even think you have to go that far with the argument. Because instead what the argument becomes is, what does it mean that these games are going to be on Xbox Game Pass day and date right there? So again, for 14 bucks, you have, or 15 bucks, you have everything Xbox has on their first party studio lineup. And again, that's the thing is it could still come to PlayStation, sure. But at what point uh, do you as a gamer look at it and go, well, yeah, I could buy it for $70. I could buy Starfield right now, or I could subscribe to Game Pass and get it there. And again, it's back to the same argument we keep talking about of Game Pass Ultimate also gives you xCloud. So, if, and when xCloud, is in whatever stat uh, stasis it's in when it uh, status it is when it gets launched in Starfield in three, four, five years, right? Like when Wi-Fi is even better, when internet's even better, when XCloud's even better. Is it suddenly that thing that pe- you still are? Like I am primarily PlayStation. That's where I play all my stuff, but I want to play this game. So for fifteen bucks, I am going to buy it that way and just stream it to my computer, my phone, whatever. Yeah, like price. I mean, price is going to pay uh, uh, play such a big role in this. Because I think we often uh, underestimate like 
how impactful that's going to be for people, especially with games going up seventy dollars this yeah. this next generation. I know for me, if this if we if we uh, rewound back ten years, this like all uh, this whole collector situation packaged together probably would have made me an Xbox person. Like knowing how sure. much funds I had in college, knowing the money I had to work with, right? Like if I if I knew that. Um, if I was in the situation that I was, even in, in let's say 2012, where I had a PS3, my PS3 kept getting the yellow light of death, and that then converted me into like playing games on uh, my weak laptop and my Wii for like a good six months to a year. You know, like XCloud would have changed the game for me. I would have been able to afford that and pay for that and play Xbox games and play all the games that I wanted. Like that is going to be such a big thing for so many people. Uh, and this this comes back to what does this mean for PlayStation and how do you, how do, how do you react to this? Is this a big enough thing for you to need to react? I think the answer is yes. Mizuki writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can and says, Hey there, Greg and blessing. Microsoft is buying their way into competing with Sony on a large single player experience uh, level, like, uh, or by picking up ZeniMax. How does this big of a purchase uh, of studios, IP and talent, does it i've screwed this whole thing's up i have a splitting headache by the way sorry everybody does this big purchase of studios ip and talent by microsoft put pressure on sony at all or are sony and microsoft going in different enough directions that there is no pressure will sony more aggressively acquire some third-party studios of their own in response thanks for all that you do mizuki mizuki I don't know what Sony's response is. I'd like no. to think that, yeah, you do buy up more third-party studios or you do something along those lines, but that is easier said than done. We had this conversation a, a, a little bit. Um, there was one question during KFGD where somebody wrote in asking about, like, hey, is this the start of a bidding war? Do we Is, mm -hmm. is this the end of third-party? Are we are both companies now going to essentially try and gain ground by, gra by grabbing up all of the big third-party publishers and developers? And that's again, is a thing that is very easier said than done. There's some, somewhere on Twitter it was floating that like, yeah, they Microsoft bought Bethesda for uh, seven point uh, whatever billion dollars, right? And PlayStation's operating income over the last... 7.5. 7.5, thank you. Over the last like nine years, or maybe even seven years, has barely outpaced that. Like eight, It's like eight to nine billion. And I don't know... I try, I try to dig into that to see the validity of that, and that, that, that then led me to Reset Era and a bunch of graphs and a bunch of information. Yeah. Uh, and so take that for what you will. But, like, yeah, like, I, I, that Microsoft as a company is a different company than Sony. Microsoft as a company has more, more money to throw around in that way than Sony. I don't think Sony can wake up one day and be like, all right, let's buy EA. I don't, like, can that happen years down the line? Can something set that up for that partnership to happen? Sure. But... I, that seems a lot less plausible than what we got here, where Microsoft can open up the wallet and pay $7.5 billion in cash for Bethesda, Bethesda in their IPs. And so I honestly don't know what the move is for, for PlayStation. Like, it, it might have to be a... Similar to what we've seen from Microsoft over the last generation, right? Like a... Over, over the course of years thing of building back and trying to hold them off and making consumer-friendly choices that bring people... Uh, to the side of PlayStation, even though we're starting, we're starting this all off from a weird place because PlayStation is in the lead. But yeah, staring but down this, this, this is, barrel, it's like who knows, man. Here's my thing: is I think this does put a lot of pressure on Sony, but I don't, I don't even jump to it. Puts pressure on them to buy more studios. I think it puts pressure on them of, oh my god, again, look at how great Game Pass is because it, it, it's there's so many different pieces to it, which is why this is just state of the PlayStation Five and how this all nets out, right? Where I think 
one of the most common refrains uh, from people when they talk to us about how we review games or talk about games is, you know, I'll sit there and like when Tim uh, steals it from Michael Huber and I say we he invented it, uh, swimming in sevens and playing these games, right? Hmm. Obviously, it's so easy for us to sit there and say we played a game and it was a seven or a six and we had a lot of fun with it and I'm excited to play more when you're like, well, you didn't put $60 into it. Like the $60, which will be 70 next year or and next gen, uh, ta- conversation comes up and you're like, oh, you don't really understand the value of money, which I don't, necessarily agree with but i do understand that it's different not to have everything at your fingertips at the you know at the drop of an email and have it ready to go but if that argument holds true then you can't sit here and be sony and look at game pass and not be worried about the possible coming storm that could totally miss because it is that idea that you know game pass I wouldn't say up until now, but up until recently, it's been a lot of, okay, there are older games in there. Okay, there's the first party Xbox stuff, but it's not that great. When we get to where everything's rolling in next gen and the Series X lifecycle, Series S lifestyle, uh, and you have this, hey, here is Halo Infinite. Hopefully it's amazing. Hey, here is Hellblade. Hopefully it's amazing. Hey, here is the next thing from the Coalition. Here is the next thing from the Initiative. And these games are, you know, as Xbox would want them to be on par with what you're getting from a Sony first party, that's when the questions really start to come. And if they're buying up studios like uh, the Bethesda portfolio, which they have confirmed Bethesda's back catalog is now just coming to Xbox Game Pass, when it is that, here is uh, Fallout 5. Here, it, it, When they did the, the Obsidian thing that made the rounds today of them mm-hmm. getting the quote tweet of the, uh, you know, does this mean that Fallout New Vegas 2 happen, could happen? And a shrug. When there is a Fallout New Vegas 2 that's, made, and again, not even exclusive to Xbox, but is $15 versus $70, you have to look at that and be like, well, I'm going to go play it there. I'm going to go try it there. And this is Xbox's whole Trojan horse war they've been building for of whatever it is that breaks you to get you to give them, you know what, just for a month, I'm going to give them $15, try out Game Pass Ultimate, stream it to my phone, my tablet, or whatever. And you get in there and, oh, that was great. Oh, roll to another month. Well, I'll try this game. Well, that was great. And then you try this game. And he's like, you know what? Maybe I do want to buy an Xbox, this, the S. I want to buy the you know the lowest cost one, the entry model, and you get in there and go it. That's all stuff that's deviating you from PlayStation. And so to your point, yeah, this is the, the gamble Xbox has been building towards of, we're going to build it about services. We're going to you know, build it about Game Pass and then launch it that way. And so for PlayStation to be here, coming off of this juggernaut success of the PlayStation 4 in a very traditional model, and this is funny because uh, eventually I'll talk about a, a different game and their use of disrupting the business model. Like, right? Like, Xbox is in the middle of disrupting how we think of uh, game publishing and game purchasing and consoles. And what does that look like in five years? Nobody knows. And the gamble from Xbox is, the, you know, the bet is that hey, this is going to pay off and bring people to us. And if they have this kind of stuff, it does in a lot of ways. If they are buying more studios, it does. You know, PlayStation can keep going through and saying, hey, we're going to do an Avengers deal for Spider-Man exclusivity. Hey, Square, we're going to do a deal where, you know, console exclusive for Final Fantasy 16. There are those moves, but they get ripped away when somebody else can come in and buy those studios and bring them in and support them and make them part of this umbrella and ecosystem. And, you know, like, no matter how big your studio is, if you're in and you're independent, I'm saying it for any third party that's independent right now, it all comes back to you know what Tim Schaefer was telling me on We Have Cool Friends about selling to Xbox, where it was this idea of like, man, we just make games and we want to make games. And like it's great that we can make games now and not worry about the sh- the next game paying for the next th- rent check. Like making sure we can just be a studio and focus on mm-hmm. what we do great. And so that's the thing where like I've, I, you know, I often talked in, I, I'd like to think as public as I can be, 
I'm public about what I don't know about video game development. What I do know about video game development from independent third-party uh, developers is the fucking hustle. Is the fucking hustle where they will be at a show. And I'm talking about a double A, two triple A third-party developers who are at a show, at an E3, at a PAX, and they're doing a panel, they're showing a game on the floor, they're doing the stuff, but they are also going to dinners and trying to sell people on their games, trying to sell publishers on their games, trying to make deals for the next thing because in a similar way, I always talk about kind of funny, right? Like you are trying to make sure your employees are taken care of. You're trying to make sure that now, you know, individual, but what used to be one giant roof over everybody's head. And like that is a grind that wears people down and burns people out and keeps them from doing what they want to do. They got into this to make games, but if you have to go to pitch meeting after pitch meeting, if you have a great idea and you have to go there, well, like, well, is this something we could actually sell? Not to the consumers, something we could sell to the publisher, right? This is the whole uh, rigmarole and reason we saw Kickstarter uh, take off with Double Fine even, right? Of like, there's audiences for these games, but how do you get out and do it? And Game Pass being this interesting, uh, low-cost entry way is a fascinating way to approach all this. I wonder if there is a strategy change from Sony at a certain point with their first party or if or or if the if the move is to stay sturdy and deliver what Sony is delivering right now at the highest quality and to keep throwing these punches these punches this way because when I look at when I look at this Bethesda Bethesda um acquisition a big part of, part of it that speaks is Again, to Game Pass, like there, there have been a lot of questions that we've gotten in the in the question boxes for I think both PS Love You and KFGD about is this now Sony or is this now Microsoft being like, hey, we are competing, like, hey, we are like it, we are in a, in much more direct competition in Sony than you would have thought. And my answer to that is like, one, they've always been in competition; it's never yeah. not been a been a competition. But two, this still all does speak to what they're. Uh, their strategy has been to what to everything you were just saying, right? Like this is all about one strengthening the first party, but also strengthening Game Pass and what that means. And Bethesda is such a powerful move for Game Pass because, again, when you look back at when you look back at uh, Xbox's first party, you got games like Halo, you got games like Gears, you got games like Flight Simulator and Forza, mm-hmm. uh, and State of Decay, and a lot a lot of what these games have in t- have in common, especially compared to PlayStation's first party, is these are games that Xbox wants you to play over a longer period of time. Like people are going to play Halo or spend more hours in Halo and Flight Sim and uh, State of Decay and those types of games more so than a Last of Us. You know, not because sure. they're, they're necessarily better games, but because they're different, right? That's including they're different. different setup. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're game. They are. I mean, some of them are live games, but uh, for the most part, they are games meant to be experienced over a long course of time. Even a game like Tell Me Why, that game is that game it has a three-week release schedule. You know, it's episodic, which means they're going to keep coming back for Game Pass. Having Fallout be a part of that, having Elder Scrolls be a part of that, having these big RPGs be a part of that. Uh, I can't remember if it's called Disavowed or just Avowed from Obsidian, but having that be a part of it, right? Like these longer drawn-out experiences are going to speak to Game Pass in a way where on, on the PlayStation side of things, Uncharted works, Spider-Man works, Ghost of Shimo works as one-and-done experiences, because there are these polished prestige titles that you come in, beat in 15 to 30 hours, and you're like, man, that was fantastic. One of the best single-player campaigns I've ever played. And then you're pretty <laughs> much done with it, put it away, and say goodbye. For the games that... For the, for, the, for the big games, and even the small games that Microsoft is bringing in for Xbox Game Pass, longevity seems to be the name of the game, where, yeah, like, game... You, a a one and done experience works 
less well on selling Game Pass consistently to a consumer, right? Like I'm for Game Pass is becoming this thing where I'm not like, all right, I'm gonna pay for this for one month because this one game is coming out, and I'm sure. just gonna play this and be one and done. It's like no, man, like I. I'm going to play Elder Scrolls for a couple months. I'm going to play uh, Halo Infinite multiplayer for a couple months, even though that's free to play. But you get what I mean. Like, I'm going to I'm going to totally. jump into these games for a long period of time and play them that way. How does that reflect on the PlayStation strategy in terms of. Like, what do we do? Like, do, do you just continue to make like ghosts and last of us? Like, what do you pivot? Like what? I mean, it's a great question, and I don't know if they're looking at it on that level yet. You know, I think in the same way we talk about from a PlayStation perspective of like, do they need to answer, have an answer for Game Pass? And what we've talked about it for the longest time is, well, PlayStation Now is there. And PlayStation Now has a ton of great games as well. It's not as lauded or as talked about as Game Pass because I think Game Pass is making more interesting maneuvers, acquisitions, and the first party lineup, right? But it is there that if Game Pass did hit a point where PlayStation's like, all right, this is a legitimate threat and we need to answer it, they could throw the switch and figure out how they message that and what they put into it and where they go from it. Um, in terms of like getting in there and how does it net out on the game itself, that's an interesting question because you have seen PlayStation already start to pivot that way, right? Like Horizon isn't the normal 10 to 12 hour single player uncharted adventure and you're off on your way. Ghost of Tsushima isn't either, right? Like there are those there. Last of Us, while longer than Last of Us Part 1, is still more traditionally what you would imagine, right? Linear third person action, more open environments. But yeah, I see what you're talking about and know what you're talking yeah. about. I don't think PlayStation starts to worry about pivoting and making something larger that you're playing over and over and over forever and ever and ever again the way you're talking about halo and like you know a skyrim or another scrolls they don't worry about that i don't think until they need to yeah keep you subscribed to playstation now or whatever they'd call the service right now if they're still i think it's more the idea of like is what i've been been talking about here and what the argument i would say from the audience i hear all the time is that the actual argument is gaming and for many people strictly about the $60 now $70 and if so then in two years when there is a Bethesda game coming to PlayStation 5 however it is coming to Xbox day and date game pass what is the is it really the and don't get me wrong there's gonna be a huge amount of people who are like no I love the PlayStation ecosystem I love trophies I'm gonna play it there but if there is this more not middle ground not console agnostic crew if there is just this middle ground that is trying to pinch a penny save a buck just like you know you mentioned yourself just like me in college when i in growing up even right where for me growing up and playing games for the most part after you know i would say well i don't even know once i hit like maybe fourth or fifth grade and it was more a little bit more independence of going to the mall and doing your things and having your little wallet it was very much for me personally a I'd get the game, I'd beat the game or tire out of the game, and I would trade it in for another game. Like, that's how I existed and how I was able to play as much. And then you get to college, yeah, where you're broke as hell, right? High school, where I was broke as hell. Like, it was definitely that of, like, you know, when I wanted to buy something, bringing in the console and the generation before to put in the, get the money to get the new thing. Like, I assume that is still such a huge case, but then you do have this other end of the spectrum now that I think is larger than ever of people like us who have grown up on games, love games, still treat them, but have disposable income. So you're not worried about, okay, cool. I have to make this choice. But even then, like how many of that disposable income crew are going to look at it and go, once they understand, once they wrap their head around, Oh wait, for 15 bucks, I would get all that stuff. I'd get all these things. Yeah. I get all these games. I didn't see before that are from the back catalog. And I don't not even need the console. Right. Not to mention even like right now, as we talk about, the back catalog of uh, Bethesda being added to Game Pass, 
think about now the new life that breathes into prey, that that breathes into dishonor. You know what I mean? Things that people adored, but got not even middling reviews. They did well cr critically, but didn't really get bought up, right? Because I think a lot of those people would look at those and be like, that's not really a $60 game for me. Maybe I'll get it used and then they forget about it. Or they never heard about it, nothing. Now it's that thing of the amount of people are going to be like, oh, I've heard people talk about dishonor too. Scroll over it, click it, download it, play it for a while, and maybe fall in love with it, and maybe find a new reason to make a new Dishonored, and you know, make a prey too that doesn't get canceled and turn back into prey eventually. So, for you, what where do you where does your mind go when it comes to the state of PlayStation Five? It's a hard one. I think like when I think of PlayStation Five right now, and I think of the state of it, right? I think it is incredibly strong. Like I think that. Bethesda, with or without that news today, it's still a, this weird mixed message kind of thing right now where it's so interesting to have come off this state of play, or not even state of play, right? PlayStation Showcase that showed a bunch of awesome stuff that was super, super rad, that had the announcements we wanted, had price points that were attractive. You know, the digital PlayStation at $399 is a great deal. But then to have this whole debacle with pre-orders, pre to have this whole... Uh, the words, you know, the PlayStation words of we believe in console generations being thrown back in your face, as you see Spider-Man and Horizon 2 be on uh, PlayStation 4 as well. Uh, this weird undercurrent of a sentiment that, again, like I know we talked about it at the top, but would lead PlayStation to tweet about this, right? Like we're reading from PlayStation's Twitter where they said, let's be honest, PS5 pre-orders could have been a lot smoother. We truly apologize for that. Over the next few days, we will release more PS5 consoles for pre-order. Retailers will share more info. And more PS5s will be available through the end of the year. I can't even stress to you how fucking nuts it is that that tweet came from PlayStation. And uh, to the point that even Charles Jacobson wrote into uh, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames and says, Greetings, Blessing and Miller. PlayStation actually sent a tweet admitting PS5 pre-orders could have gone smoother. Great to see that they'll make more available, but my question is about the tweet itself. English isn't my first language, so maybe I read too much into it, but doesn't this tweet seem very unusual for PlayStation in 2020? It reads much more human than any other message they've done lately, and uh, they really recognize that they made a mistake. Have a lovely day, Charles Jacobson. No, you're right on the money, Charles. Like, PlayStation, you know, in, uh, throughout this PlayStation 4 generation has started from where I always wanted them to start as of, I'm Shu, I'm Adam Boys, I'm Jack Trenton, we make PlayStation stuff, and we're fun, and we're human, and we're great, to just being a disembodied voice that goes, all right, let's tell you the next cool thing that's coming to Crash Bandicoot 4. It sounds like the fucking thing you get before the Cinemark pre-entertainment show. And you're like, all right, well, we took you to TBS to show you that Rizzoli and Isles are up to this. Like, they've, I think in a lot of ways, uh, washed out the humanity from the PlayStation brand. And again, don't mess with success. Nobody, nobody's out there shouting for Jim Ryan to fucking release a TikTok. Like I understand what you're saying, but it's like they've gone so hard into that that to see them have such a human message from PlayStation is number one great. Number two, I want more of. But number three, the fact that they did it means that the the they know a like, cacophony, they up. <laughs> a cacophony of you fucked up. Like to get them off the bench to come out and be like hat in hand, hey, we hear you, like. That means it was even worse than we thought it was. Because, you know, video game Twitter is an echo chamber where it is all of us talking about the same things over and over again, back and forth. So it is, we can make something look a way bigger deal than it is or something, you know, that you've never heard of. You think everybody knows about, nobody else does outside of video games or, you know, industry enthusiast press or whatever. The fact that it was this loud, the fact that I always bring this up, right? Uh, Poe, whose birthday is it? Every give Poe a shout out for his happy birthday. Uh, birthday but 
uh, Poe hit me up this weekend and was like, man, they really bungled these PS5 pre-order things, right? And I was like, hold the fuck on. Are you telling me you were trying to pre-order a PS5? And he's like, yeah, man, and I can't. <laughs> and I was like, that is crazy. And again, to, to like... What's the state of the PlayStation 5? The state of the PlayStation 5 is that my friend, Poe, who I've known my entire life and literally had to drag kicking and streaming into kicking and screaming into every PlayStation generation, every new console generation on his own without texting me was trying to pre-order PS5. That is humongous. That's that that shows you, I think what the state of the PlayStation 5 is. It's desired. People want it. You know, um, when it was all going wrong, Jen uh, was showing me TikToks of people talking about PS5s and pre-orders. And that yeah, stuff. I was like, going to say, I, I mentioned this, I want to say like a week or two ago, but like I, I regularly scroll through TikTok and the amount of memes and the amount of videos of people being like, oh yeah, like I'm doing this for my girl. I'm doing this for my partner to get them to buy me a PS5. Like yeah. that is a, that is a running meme that does reverberate to, oh yeah, people really want a PS5. People are talking about that thing. People are all about it. And that does lead to this, right? To where you promised pre-orders are going to be on, what was it, Thursday? Because the event was yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, we promised pre-orders are going to open up Thursday. They, they open up, up Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> and you have this clusterfuck that happens and everybody's left like, like more people than you'd probably imagine are left like, what the fuck? Like, I think it does, to what you're saying, right? I think it does go beyond just video game Twitter yep. that tweets about everything or that will complain about everything. It is the world watching and y'all fucked up and, and, and we're forced to put out a statement about it, which and that is, again, crazy. Yeah. And so, like, that's, you know, you want to talk about what the state of the PlayStation 5 is. I think that showing on Wednesday was so strong. I think uh, the price points are so strong. I think this pre-order is, as usual, like, you know, you talk about these these events and these consoles and these life cycles right this pre-order debacle and people being pissed off and the pandemonium of trying to get them isn't in the moment thing that six months a year from now we might talk about how bad it was but you're not going to sit there and be hung up on it it just seems way amplified right now because it was so popular and it was so in demand and it was everywhere and so then you turn your eyes to you know at the time xbox dunking on them and putting out the tweet of like don't worry you'll know when and where you can get ours way ahead of time and now what on the eve of that when this episode goes up right you'll be able to in certain as time rolls on be able to pre-order your xbox right there and so it is that question of cool did how much of this bethesda stuff has influenced people to do that how many people who were pissed off about playstation 5 and couldn't get one are in to do that also if there aren't if it isn't sold out tomorrow when i'm trying to get my xbox when i'm trying to click on the button does that then also go to public opinion that Xbox Series X isn't as popular as the PlayStation 5? Like, how does that net out? And these are all such in-the-moment things you, we, we're worrying about right now that won't be in the long run. But in this, you know, console war and whatever you want to call this new generation of a war, there are these battles and there are these little things. And so it's this weird thing where I think PlayStation is so dominant right now, but in the same breath has so much egg on their face from what they just went through let alone then this announcement from Xbox. And it is this, when, if, you know, when do you see it flip? When do you, is it going to flip this generation? Is it going to be Xbox getting back, back on top? How does that go? I don't know. How do you feel about the launch lineup? That's something that we talked a little bit about last week during the sure. post show. But of course, as everything was coming out, we had to kind of tackle everything uh, individually. But like the, the, the launch lineup period, right? Having... Demon Souls, and yep. I don't know if they said Miles Morales. Like, I'm still up in the air well, about Miles Morales. Is yeah, Insomniac has since confirmed or said yes. Oh yeah, day. coming out launch day. Uh, like, given 
given everything we just said, right? Like all yeah. all the complaints, all all of the weirdness, the competition gearing up in a way we've never seen before. I'm still pretty. I I'm not even pretty. I'm I'm now more excited than I was before the event for launch. Like we had the whole t- conversation about should they delay the PS5? Should they delay next gen consoles? And sure. probably my biggest talking point for that was that. I don't I I've never felt like I need a PS5 like this fall. I, I could wait for a PS5. All the games they've had announced for it seem like games that I could either one play on my PS4 or games that I could wait on. Uh with the one two punch of Demon Souls and um Spider-Man Miles Morales, which I know is gonna be on PS4, but I'll play it on PS5 because I'm gonna have a PS5. Uh with that one-two punch, with Astro's Playroom, with uh, Sackboy's Sack Adventure, Boy. which is announced as a launch title, which is wild. Uh, the car game that I cannot think of the name of. Destruction you know the All-Stars. Destruction, Destruction All-Stars, All-Stars, thank you. Um, yeah, like launch- Cry, Fortnite, Godfall. Yeah, of course. And then God of War announced for next year. Like Launch Crazy. going into 2021 is stronger than I think we could have ever even perceived, which is great. Yeah. I it's the normal thing. I mean, piggybacking off the conversation we had, two, yeah, two weeks ago and all this stuff, and or three weeks ago for the delay. But it's like they nailed what they needed to nail. I think, which is Miles Morales is a launch title. Boom, done. And like, yes, it is on PlayStation Four, which again is a whole a different ball of wax. I want to get into in terms of, you know, did they lie to us? Is the messaging convoluted? Yada yada. In the end, the instantaneous loads and the better ray tracing and a game that was already a game being Spider Man on PlayStation Four that was already gorgeous, being more gorgeous on playstation 5 i'm all about i think i think demon souls remastered is such a brilliant launch game i'm glad they hit yeah. that too because again you want to talk about a game that I've, how many people know souls games how many people have looked at a bloodborne or a demon souls or whatever uh, dark souls and been like yeah i know those are good but i also know they're hard and there's so much else to play so why would i i don't really want to try into it like that is going to be that's going to be way more successful than if it had come out two years after a year after even because it's going to be a, I bought this new system and what's brand new for it. And also what's totally exclusive to it. And that's on that list right there, ready to go. And I think people are going to pick it up. And I think, you know, as good as blue point is at uh, improving stuff, I think the, the quality of life should be to a point that even if the game's difficult, which it will be, it'll be yeah. easy, more easy to digest, I guess. I think you're going to see a renewed conversation around that. And it's like the one example of a, I'm not, I'm not going to say truly next gen experience. Cause like, who knows if it's, like truly next gen or not like how do you even define that but it is the it is the game that is coming out not on ps4 as far as i understand but who knows what what happens they've said next gen exclusive they've said playstation 5 exclusive on that okay so yeah it's the it's the one game that we know that's coming from them at launch that is next gen exclusive that coming out of blue point which shout out to blue point they know how to make a game look amazing like the the gameplay you saw of it looks fantastic it is the game that is going to sell that is that is actually leading the charge i'll say for playstation next gen in terms of hey this is the power of what this can do hey this is something that's graphically intense that is beautiful miles morales will be that too but you know i one miles morales coming out on ps4 but then also i think you do have that double pronged approach also of like hey miles morales is for so many people spider-man one of the best-selling playstation playstation exclusives etc etc yeah uh demon souls i think hits the other side of the audience that is like all right i want a hard hardcore experience i want i want to suffer as i play a thing uh which i think is a really good strategy it's it's again we've gone back and forth on this so many times of like oh man like no matter what they're gonna sell out of playstation 5s and it's because the 
hardcore, the people who listen to this podcast, who care about video game Twitter and all that jazz, are going to want want to buy this and be into it, right? And what, even though you can look at it and go, well, Miles Morales is on PlayStation 4 as well. Like, sure, but you have this entire generation of PlayStation 4 gamers who are in it and want it and do want the next bells and whistles. And whenever there's a new console and whenever there's new tech, whenever there's something you want to buy, what do you start looking for? You start looking for reasons, right? You start mm-hmm. looking for reasons on why you can justify spending $500 on it. And so even though Miles Morales will be on PlayStation 4, I think so many people are going to see, it's going to be in, you know, you're not going to see a PlayStation 4 Miles Morales ad. You're going to see fucking PlayStation 5 Miles Morales ads. And I think yeah. that even if you were a parent or whoever who went down and really drilled into that to figure out that, oh, I, they could, and I guess a parent's not a good excuse, actually. More if you're a gamer or whatever. If you're a kid, right? One of the things you're going to do to try to sell your parents on that on the Christmas list is, you know how much I love Spider-Man. Like, they, this is the new Spider-Man. Like, if you're a, you have the disposable income, if you're a Poe, right? It is very much a, well, like, yeah, I could play on a PlayStation 4, but I'm also I'm going to buy a PlayStation 5 eventually anyway. Why not get it right now? Why not play the game in the best play, possible state to play it in? And again, Kevin, what is next generation all about? Oh, he's doing Oh, he's on, he's on the other side of the room. He's, yeah, he's he's running, he's running through Convenience. his house to get back. To, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing, Kevin? Where were you? Where were you? I love it when you drift. I was taking a poop. scans around his ankle still yeah probably paul's like what are you doing (laughs) um it is about convenience and and i think you 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 say you're more excited than ever for a place your playstation 5 i am too now that we have a release date and we know the price and everything like that but again for me it is more i'm i'm so into playstation and this ecosystem that i'm excited for the trophies to load faster i'm excited to be able to get into a party faster i'm excited to go between you know i mean playing avengers and dropping trophies are gonna load faster Oh, you mean if, like on the UI, like when you go? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean exactly them. what I'm about to talk about. I'm in Avengers, yeah. and I hit that PlayStation button, and the entire screen goes blue, and yeah. then it's like uh, 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 I see the the cross media bars or the live area fading back up, trying to get there, and then like when I want to invite somebody to the party, and it's just blue screen forever as it spins around. It's like, oh my god! Like now, I do you think that's gonna? Do you think that's gonna work better? It because that, that pings on. the network, right? That's like more so on the network side than than on the actual hardware side. You imagine? It's on network, but I mean, it's just between applications, even before I think we really get into it. Give me a loading screen of the trophies then, which I also get where my progress bar fills in. But I mean, just get me to that screen without making... Does this happen to you too, where it's like, oh, I yes. want to check... Whatever you're about to say, yes. Hit the PlayStation bar, scroll, you know, you're on live area, scroll up, go over to trophies, click, and as you go to click on trophies, it pushes you all the way back into back down to the game you were on. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, no, that doesn't happen to me. God that happens damn. to me like that. That'll happen if I click the PlayStation button. Like it'll just go back to the, the icon, but never just randomly. Yeah, yeah, no. But exactly if my PlayStation does load before every single thing in a way that is that in a way that frustrates me because I'm like, why do you have to load so I can play Little Big Planet Three? Like I just want to play Little Big Planet Three. I don't know why I just take me to the separate separate screen. Yeah, whole other thing. Yeah, that's the, those are the things that still get me the most excited for it. You know what I mean? It is you know playing the PS5 version of Avengers and hopefully knock on wood it loads better and loads faster kind of thing and doesn't sound like a jet engine. Yeah, uh, but yeah, then like my, Spider-Man, yes, and then uh, Demon Souls. Like I'm excited to give that another shot. I remember when Sam Bishop freelance reviewed it for me at, uh, at uh, the PlayStation team at IGN, uh, and I remember when the review got turned in and we're like a nine three. What the fuck is this game? Uh, I'm excited to play that and see if this one sticks for me if it works for me and then on top of that yeah like bug snacks and other stuff that you know like 
yeah, I'm excited for launch. I'm excited to get into it. I think there's definitely enough there, but it is back. I'm glad there's stuff there that I'm excited that is brand new, but there's, again, yeah. it could be old stuff and I'd be excited. I'm excited for Valhalla. I'm excited for Watch Dogs. I'm excited to play these games on this brand new console. While we're here, it's worth mentioning to you that uh, Jet the Far Shore and Kena Bridges Periods last week both got delayed uh, into 2021. So out of that launch window, which saddens me because I was looking forward to both those games. Still looking forward to them, obviously, but it, it's a it's a bummer that I'm not going to be able to play them this fall. I'm not um, sad. I'm pissed off. All right, they're on my fantasy whoa. teams. I'm I have fantasy oh. team games dropping like flies over here. I got four no, slots. Like problem. Four, four open slots in my fantasy team. What the hell am I going to put in there? Damn. You know I what mean, I mean? Like, what am I going to? I thought and I thought about trying to put a, a Hades in there before it got reviews, just in case it came this year. Oh, uh, to PlayStation. You yeah, know, uh, I, uh, uh. Well, I guess we'll we'll talk about it when we get there, because that's my question is why isn't and when will it come to PlayStation? Like, why isn't it on PlayStation? Well, when will it come to PlayStation? Oh, it'll get there. Don't worry. You'll just have to wait a bit. I'm, I, I'm I learned yesterday because I've been playing Hades. Uh -huh. I'm obsessed with it. I learned yesterday has cross save or it's going to get cross save. If you open up the switch applications there's a cross save thing there, I've been playing on PC, which is the oh, thing nice. I usually don't do. Um but I decided to do it one so I could make a first impressions if we wanted to make a first impressions that'll make that easier. But then also, you know, I got I got this PC that I'm rocking. I got this wide ultra screen monitor. Why not put it to use? Uh, I cannot wait for that cross save to get activated on Switch so I can switch back and forth. That'll be the life. Um, but that's not PlayStation. So I appreciate that. But it will be eventually. Mark, Hopefully. you know, mark your calendars. It's coming eventually. Hades will. Do you be think on. they're waiting to get like that next gen boost? Do you think that this might be a like a launch situation? No, nah, I think it's a deal with Nintendo. Oh. I think they already had the epic money from being early access there forever. And I think that then when they came out early access, they went to they did a shop around and went to everybody. And I bet Nintendo had the best like, we'll give you this and we'll give you that and we'll give you this kind of placement and this kind of amount of money and we'll go for it from there. IMO. And then you keep them all there. You drive to Switch, which obviously is like the indie machine, you know, yeah. nowadays. And cross save being there too. Like I think there's so many different ways to double dip on that. And I wouldn't be surprised if part of it was like, Hey, we, why don't we let the next gen transition happen? Like, there's no reason getting involved in that, right? Because I'm sure it is happening that people are, man, I want to play Haiti. If it, I want to play whatever game that's dropping, but I'm saving my money for the PlayStation 5. All right. Then even you get, and then is also these games going to work on PlayStation 5? And is there cross save? And this, that, and yeah. I'm sure they're just like, wait it out. It seems like a there. good, like a good time. Like, I'll, I'll say early next year feels like a good time for them to be like, all right, now we're coming to Xbox One, Xbox Series S, PlayStation, yeah, totally, totally. PlayStation 5. Because yeah, that's a game that that's a game that should be everywhere. That's a great game. It will be. Super Giant's known for that. They'll get it there. Don't worry. Don't worry. We eventually got Bastion. We'll be fine. We can get this. That's true. I'm not worried. But don't wait if you can. If you have if you have the means, go play Hades wherever you can because it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I have a question from Paul here that I like. Uh, Paul wrote in to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, just like you can to be part of PSI Love You XOXO, and says, "Long time listener, first time writer." Since pre-orders were like the Wild West with PlayStation, not really commanding the situation, and Walmart supposedly jumping the gun, etc. If they had ended the stream with pre-orders available now, would there be less negativity to how it all went down, or would they need to have given more warning like Xbox? So as you said, of course, and I, I know I don't need to recap it for most people, but just, just nutshell approach, right? PlayStation's event finishes last week on Wednesday. There's no information in the video about pre-orders. Then Jeff Keighley breaks the information about pre-orders, saying it'll be tomorrow. Then, what was it? Uh, internationally, they start popping. Then yeah. Walmart goes. Then Target. And then it's just Best Buy goes. And it's just a domino effect. Uh, Amazon goes at like 9 p.m. or whatever. Our time, Pacific. 
Would you if, think a better approach have been just, hey, pre-orders are available now? Yeah, if they went, pre-orders are available, will be available starting today. I, I, that would have made the situation better, but still a trash fire. Like people would have still sure. been upset. People would have still been referencing the video from months ago where uh, somebody Cole, from PlayStation, yeah. yeah, is like, hey, you know, we're not gonna, no, we're Eric not gonna let pre-orders go up. Uh, oh yeah, it was it was Eric he, uh, saying, hey, like PlayStation or yeah, pre-orders won't just go up within a minute's notice, right? We'll give you some heads up. That will still happen, but. I think that would have then maybe led to them not having to put out an apology. Like I think them being totally. like them them saying pre-orders will go up tomorrow and then pre-orders going up today, like that warrants an apology. That warrants them being like, all right, we fucked up. Like we this was out of not even out of our control, but we should have had a better handle on this. Uh but I I almost think there's no way to do this in a way where people don't get screwed. Like even sure. with the Xbox pre-order situation, <clears throat> like we know the date and time that's gonna happen. That's still going to be a trash fire. Like people are still sites are still, still going to crash. You're still going to have the same thing where you go in and it's got the wrong uh, credit card and you refresh and it eats the thing and yeah. you're kicked out and your bank is still going to decline it. Yeah, that, which happened to me and made me really pissed because I get, I I had it secured. I had it secured from Walmart. I yeah. bought it and I was like, boom, done. Sat back, was sitting next to Michael. Was like, Michael, I did it. I'm about to go to Pizza Hut, order a pizza to celebrate. Got a text. My bank was like, hey, we noticed something fraud that alert. Was weird. Yeah, fraud alert. And Where's I was like, wait, no, hut? wait, what? what was that? Where's there a pizza hut? There's a pizza hut in, in Daly City. Get the fuck out. Hard yeah. Ryan, I'm going to go find it. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, I highly recommend the... Uh, hmm, actually, I don't know if I highly recommend. I had the cheese sticks. They're good. They're, like, good enough. WWE superstar Xavier Woods, you're live on PS I Love You XOXO. How are you? Oh. So sorry, I'm great. How are you? No, it's fine. I'm never sure if it's part of the show that you're calling for or if you're just like doing stuff. No, I have like a legitimate question, but I can call you later. Okay, first, okay, before you go, how do you, what yes. do you think about Pizza Hut Pizza? Because Blessing's talking about that right now. Pizza Hut Pizza is delicious. Why would you yeah. eat anything else other than DiGiorno? Ah, look at him. He's a, he's a class actor. Right, we love you, Austin. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> I love you too. I did, I did have a Twitter back and forth with, I believe it was Louise Medina of Roost Teeth. Sure. Uh, he's married to a lovely Nigerian woman. And he was mentioning how he was having an argument with her because she said that pizza pizza is the best pizza. And he was like upset about that on Twitter. I read that and I was like, she's not wrong. I love pizza. <laughs> pizza. Right, come on. Best pizza though. Come on. Blast. Come on. Like, even I'm not, when, I, even I'm not saying that I have a good opinion. Fast here. food pizzas. Round table is still king of the fast pizza. You know? No, oh, I prefer pizza. I love me some pizza, but after Here's I tweeted that, about Iffy, even Iffy from uh, Roost Teeth, I think he's with Roost. I have no idea what he does. Iffy, the friend Iffy, everybody knows Iffy, uh, sure. also Nigerian, uh, was tagged in by by Luis because Luis was like, Iffy, speak some sense to your people. Uh, Iffy was like, nope, they're right, pizza, best pizza. And so I, I don't know if it's a Nigerian thing or what, but. Here's what I'll do, Kevin. I just don't put Roundtable into this conversation because they're the last honest pizza. And they're like, are they just California? Are they just West Coast? I'm not sure their deal. I have no idea. It's that thing is I've never heard of a Roundtable until I moved here. And And so I don't think they I I don't think they're able to get up there and compete with a Domino's Pizza Hut, Little Caesars argument kind of thing. And to your point, Roundtable, fantastic pizza, by the way. Little Caesars, I don't even think I'd put on the same tier. But here's the thing: as like it, the it, type it, of pizza. Well, that, well I remember Little Caesars because like the, they fell down. 
They used to be a normal place where you ordered it. Now they're just like, you know what? Just show up. <laughs> yeah, we'll now they're some. like, we'll have fuck some. it. Five dollars like, hot and ready. Fuck it. It's yours. I feel like that has a place. You know what I mean? It, oh no, no, no. Oh, yeah, it does. Deserve to exist. Yeah. yeah, dude. I used to love those skiers back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Uh, I got a text by the way from Michael Hyam saying uh, maybe a little bit purple too, talking no, about the he, Halloween. Shut up, Halloween. Michael Hyam. He God. saw the tweets or something, and now he's been exactly. like, exactly. Oh, I guess I should include purple. Yeah, exactly. He's out here trying to be a revisionist history. Uh, today, blessing before we went live, or actually, I guess nine thirty in the morning before we went live, I put up a tweet for the for PSI Love You XOXO today. Did you get a PS Five pre order? The breakdowns go like this: forty six percent, about twenty thousand people. I guess more like about seventeen thousand people voted because it's a little bit over, so I'm rounding down. Mm. But of seventeen thousand people, forty six percent said yes, they got a pre order. 19% no, I tried and failed. And then 35% said no, I didn't try. Wow. I have no interest in it. That percentage is higher than I thought. As far as people that tried and failed, I would have figured that percentage would have been, would have been lowered um, or lower. But you think that yeah, so the 19% for tried and failed is high for you? It's a bit, yeah. Because, yeah. and uh, I guess context is everything right because i think like if you were if you were planning on pre-ordering one and you happen to have been asleep you could have missed the pre-orders like that's how quick things went and that's how unfortunate this whole pre-order situation was for the ps5 where there was like a four hour window five hour window where things were happening where walmart put it up and then best buy put it up and then target put it up and all this stuff happened in amazon yeah. um and then best buy and again. so and then Best Buy again, yeah, and then Target again, and then Walmart again. Uh, and so, like, that was unfortunate. But I feel like if you were paying attention during those windows and, like, you kept refreshing and doing the thing, like, I like I know there are people that missed out because that's the look of the draw. But I feel like more often than not, you, sh- you should have been able to, to get one if you're, like, active in that moment. Because uh, I was able to get one from Target and then Walmart. You say that, though, and it's, yeah. that's the thing is, like, I feel like... You're right. I uh, personally, I wish and think they should have done the. And pre-orders are available now. And like, yeah, yeah. they would have had the Lempel thing thrown back in their face of like, you said it wouldn't surprise. And granted, they could have not said that, or they could have put up a tweet of like, if you're interested in pre-ordering a PlayStation Five, you should pay attention to the video tomorrow, right? Like, yeah, that would be an easier way around it too. Because I think there was part of us that were all like, is it is it about to happen? Is it going? Is this? And when it didn't happen, and they ended the thing saying it wasn't going to happen, and then Jeff Keeley said. All right, they're going to be tomorrow. I saw people after the fact, the first round or two of these saying, like, I went to pick up my kid. I went to do whatever. I went, you know, I took a yeah. nap and I woke up and it was over. That fucking sucks. And then in the same breath, you know, we were lucky to get a bunch of pre orders, right? Because obviously we're trying to take care of ourselves and the studio and the teammates and all that stuff. So, like, we're getting multiples. And I was talking to somebody when I was like, oh, yeah, I have a, I have a couple. They're like, oh my God, what's your secret? And I was like, well, I'm just online. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just yeah. that thing of like, mm-hmm tweet alerts for wario 64 but i also had lucy on her GameSpot slack us on kind of funny slack jen with pop agenda slack so it was like i just feel like lucky there was this conversation right around word, it. you know no it wasn't luck yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. being it, like, it was we, being di- dialed in in a way most people aren't like tim sat there all day and granted he was gonna sit there all day regardless but he sat there all day refreshing you know best buy yeah and all the other stores yeah and looking for it yeah i did sc- i did get Super screwed from Walmart though. I guess what I'm that, saying is that decline happened and I wasn't able to get one again. And I'll, and I'm still I'm well now I'm confused on whether or not I have this pre-order the... or not because I didn't get an oh, uh, email from Walmart saying hey your car declined you're not getting this pre-order. I still have that I like I I think I still might have this pre-order. Well, call huh. Walmart. 
Same thing. Like, if you're going to make a purchase like this, call your bank and be like, hey, I'm going to buy this thing. It's like $500. Probably from Walmart. <laughs> probably from Walmart. Yeah. But, like, you know, because they can put notes in there so it doesn't get declined. Mm-hmm. So now this leads me to my second. Well, I guess second, second thing I'm jumping off of this 19th thing of the state of the PS5, right? Manny Thorne writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can and says, is Sony being disingenuous with their PlayStation 5 communication? Hey guys, longtime fan listening since Roper actually read the Roper report. It feels like since the showcase last week, Sony has been exposed as potentially being a little disingenuous with their messaging. They had built their next-gen plans around having, quote, clear generations and having actual console exclusives. But all of a sudden, their tentpole games on PS4 and PS5, and some even coming on PC. Uh, they also seem to have released a digital-only version in seemingly extremely low quantity to be able to say they have an answer to the Series S. Now, I have my PS5 pre-ordered, parentheses, I won't e- don't even get me started on the fiasco, uh, but I have to say this wishy-washy, wa- wa- wishy-washiness from Sony is starting to leave a bad taste in my mouth, and I feel like I'm losing a little trust in Sony. What are your guys' thoughts? Is Sony being too disingenuous? I, <laughs> I don't even know, man. I'm, I mean, I'm in a similar place as far as... I'm not gonna say I'm frustrated. I'm just like, how like the other guys are just doing it so much better than you are right now in terms of being communicative and clear on what's happening here. Like coming out of the PlayStation event last week, where it was incredible. Like we got announcements for games that made us all excited. Final Fantasy 16, uh, you know, another trailer on Resident Evil 8 Village, God of War, all that stuff. We came out of that event super hype and like ready to go and like you know very excited about what the future of playstation was after that where it was jeff Keeley giving us updates on things that we should have gotten uh where we getting the price for not only the well we got the price for the console in the in the thing but getting the price for games right afterwards getting the hey these games are also coming to ps4 afterwards getting the hey pre-orders happening here afterwards made me go what are you guys doing like what why why is Jeff Keighley delivering this information and why wasn't a lot of this information in the presentation? Like it felt, it very much felt like they were trying to hide certain things, but then also like on the other hand, there are certain things that didn't need to be hidden as far as like, totally, you know, there's some good information that came out afterwards that could have been in your press conference that you didn't give us. Like, why wasn't that there either? It almost felt more like incompetence than them being uh, malicious with it. And I don't like I don't think PlayStation is incompetent. And so I don't like I really don't know how to read it. The problem. So there's an interesting conspiracy theory. A friend floated me uh, after all this happened. And I haven't been on a show to talk to you about it. I don't think was the idea was this, though, that if you go back and watch the showcase. At no point does Jim Ryan say anything about the specific price or date. That information is just presented on a slide. Uh, the trailers for the games like Demon Souls, which we didn't know was a launch title till after the fact. Yeah. Don't mention it's a launch title. Spider-Man still says holiday. Yada, yada, yada. And this is, there's counter arguments to all this, but stick with me. The interesting conspiracy theory that was fed to me that I was like, huh, was that this showcase had been filmed and assembled earlier, way earlier, but was being held on to to wait till Xbox went. So that they could see what they had, then come out and do their thing. 
So you figure by doing that right, you don't have Jim Ryan say any prices or dates just in case something changes. You don't have him say pre-order now just in case something changes. You don't put a pre-order now slide in there or pre-order tomorrow or pre-order whatever because we can we can cover that with a blog post. We can cover that with a news thing. We can do whatever after the fact. Uh, you don't put tr- dates on the trailers because, hey, maybe they slide. Maybe things happen. You know, when they're doing this, maybe Demon Souls is trying to be a launch title. Maybe they don't know it will be. You just have that one slide with prices and dates so that that could be moved in and out at any time. And that's the one change you would have to worry about with the ex- with the uh, exception of forgetting that Demon Souls is not coming to PC. And you put that in there and you have to delete that later. Yeah. Right. Like th- I can see. That was the idea. You waited to do it. But then again, if I knew that thing is down to the second and at two o'clock it's going to be over with or 145, I would have the blog locked and loaded and the press releases locked and loaded of here's the price. Here's the release date. Here are the games that are launching with it. Here is the pre-order information. Here's all the stuff. And the fact that it ended like that and we're all like, oh, okay. And then it was Jeff. Being like, hey, hold on. You're probably wondering about pre-orders. Like, what the fuck is going on? Why is it like this? Right? Uh, you see that tweet? Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's up, Kevin? Did PlayStation come out later and and like say, "Oh yeah, no, it is. It's it's tomorrow." Like, did, yes, or, yeah. It was PlayStation that said the pre-orders are tomorrow. Oh, I think it, it wasn't. It all jumbles together. I think Jeff was like, "Hey, stay tuned for pre-order information," God. and then I think PlayStation after that was like, "Hey, tomorrow." I thought I Jeff said, that, "Well, I think." Oh, it gets confusing because I think they both said tomorrow eventually. I think Jeff beat Maybe they did. Jeff beat them though because I remember John Drake dunking on PlayStation's official Twitter when they said it and going, "Jeff Keighley scooped you by seven minutes." <laughs> yeah, I no, think it, it was, technically they both said it, but Jeff was first. Gotcha. Chat, correct me if I'm wrong. Gotcha. Yeah. It's a fucked up thing, dude. Like I don't understand what it's happened weird. over there either. I, I don't. I don't think they're incompetent either. So it is that thing of like, wait, what the fuck? How did this happen? And where, I, I mean, I, where I, was I buy the, the idea. I buy the idea that this was made forever ago, right? Because like we, there there have been the the reports that a PlayStation event was going to happen in August, and we kept expecting something to happen in August, and it just didn't happen in August, and now it's mid September. There are reports also that uh, Microsoft and Sony were playing chicken with the console prices, and I think that lines up also. Like I think if you start to put these puzzle pieces together, then yeah, I could very well see this presentation being. I think that was pre-recorded, you know, a while ago. Let's say July, and you know, what did have slides slotted in or portions of it slotted in uh, for September? That I think is ridiculous. For- I don't think it was that far out. I think maybe end of August. And again, this is just a crazy yeah, I- conspiracy theory. Maybe think I, don't I think. I mean, like working on something as small as the game showcase, and you know, and something as big as EA Play. The down to the wire nature of video game trailers makes me think it wasn't that they've been sitting on it since July, as much as it was like. Hey, we're going to do it the first uh, week of September, right? And then that slipped, that slipped, that slipped. Then it was like, we know we're going to do it somewhere in these parts of September, maybe end of August. And again, what the fuck do I know? Maybe you're right. Yeah, who knows? I, I'm just like, uh, it's just the um, the fact that Demon Souls even have the the at launch thing is the thing that throws yeah. me off. Because I'm like, how do you not know that? Like, maybe a week or two weeks before this. Uh, but who knows? Like, it is a back and forth that they're having right now. And so, again, who knows? Who knows? The shadow knows. Remember that? No. Remember the shadow? Like Shadow of the Hedgehog? Okay. No, the Alec Baldwin also, movie. I don't know. I never watched the shadow, but I remember the commercial, and that was who knows. Greg, the shadow I have knows. no idea what you're talking about. I, I Alec Baldwin was the shadow. The guy from 30 Rock. Correct. That is correct. Yeah, you nailed it there. You nailed it there. Blessing. Greg. To wrap this all up, 
What's the state of the PlayStation 5? Wyoming. I hate you. <laughs> That's the worst joke I've ever made. It was good. I thought, it, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a good joke, but it wasn't a bad joke. You know what I mean? Like, Thank you. That was good. That was I mean, good. do you have a one sentence answer for what the state is of the PlayStation 5? Strong, but interesting. Okay. Shit, I think, I think, I think they're, they're, they're going to, they're going to have a gigantic launch. That's going to go really well, but it is that thing of like, you look to the horizon and it is like, man, what is this going to, what is going to happen with PlayStation doing what they do? This is us. This is how we launch consoles. And then Xbox being like, we bought Bethesda, play it anywhere, have fun. Everything's 15 bucks. Like, I don't know how that fight nets out. We'll see. Do you think there's any chance that tomorrow everything just breaks? Yes, of course. I don't. And I, and Sony I, is like, oh hey, by the way, um, our store is good right now. If you want to go buy more PlayStation fives, I didn't mm. even know you were talking about the Xbox pre-order situation. I thought you were just talking about period twenty twenty. Yeah, like I do think there's a chance tomorrow everything just breaks. <laughs> that's that's how this year is going. Blessing, hit me with the X's and O's. I want to start off. Well, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll fill this in. Uh, I want to start off with PlayStation updates. I, we were feeding these into the actual topic of the show, and so we pretty much touched on all, all of them except for uh, this last one, uh, which is Bloomberg versus PlayStation. Uh, last week, huh. Bloomberg reported that Sony is cutting their PlayStation 5 forecast by 4 million units. Uh, it was Takashi Mochizuki at Bloomberg who wrote, Sony Corp has cut its estimated PlayStation 5 production for this fiscal year by 4 million units down to around 11 million, following production issues with its custom-designed system on-chip for the new console, according to people familiar with the matter. Uh, following this report, shares dropped for PlayStation, which, and this is me putting p- puzzle pieces together, I believe prompted Sony to come out and be like, yo, uh, we have not changed the production number for the PS5 since the start of mass production. We're all good over here. And so, like, who's telling the truth? Who's lying? Who knows? But to keep you up to date on the happenings, there you go. I talked about it earlier last or last week, I guess, in general. And it was just like, I remember reading this and being like, wow, it's a big deal that Sony's coming out to comment about this. And then it was the, oh, yeah, the stock's dipped. So, like, yeah. of course, they had to come out and say something, whether, you know, who, who knows what exactly who's illegal. right who's wrong. I think it's illegal to make a statement like that that isn't true, right? Because that's uh, lying to the Probably. stockholders. Probably. But I, I don't know. Maybe that's Wait, just... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, okay, so you're saying it's illegal for Sony to say we have yeah. not changed the production number. Right? Yeah, but when did... So, yeah, but... And I'm not well, even like, what are, what, are the, what are the technicalities in this truth? Yeah, like, exactly. What they say, Since what the start saying, of mass production. When did you start mass production? You exactly. Know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm sure what they're saying is technically true to some extent, but it's like, okay, how do these dominoes fall? Earlier in the year, like, we, uh, it was reported by also Bloomberg, I believe, that you guys raised your forecast Bloomberg. from uh, up to 15 million, and so now you're lowering it back again when did all this happen who knows but there you go uh i got some playstation picks greg playstation picks of course this is where we highlight a few cool looking games that are coming to psn this week uh the big one is mafia definitive edition that hits friday september 25th and i believe barrett courtney is very excited about it we had we had a first impression on it the first impression is up and yeah he confirmed today on twitter that he has it and is playing it and that's all he can say sweet so looking uh, that soon. and this first impression is also from like last month too if you're looking for it it's not like a new one um sure. but you can check it out see what his impressions were for the preview and i'm sure we'll have more to say on that later aside from that i have three games i want to i want to holler at three games uh starting with 13 sentinels aegis rim for ps4 this one's coming out tuesday september 22nd 
published by Sega, Vanillaware, the storytellers behind Olden Sphere and Dragon's Crown, craft a sci fi mm -hmm. mystery spanning 13 intertwining stories in 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. Uncover the truth and delve into a 2D side scrolling adventure featuring gorgeous art and environments, then battle the kaiju in fast paced top down combat. Customize the Sentinels with an arsenal of mech suit weaponry and fight. To, def to defend humanity. Uh, basically, it, it looks like Pacific Rim meets Persona 5 meets Front Mission. I mean, I'm even going to add, I think it also looks like it, it meets um, Octopath Traveler when they talk about like the 13 sure. intertwining stories. But I, I love Vanillaware PS2 stuff, right? So Grim Grimoire, Grim Grimoire uh, and then uh, Odin Sphere, right? These were games mm -hmm. I remember making such a big impact over here. But my thing about it is I look I don't understand the gameplay. Like, you know what I mean? Like I get this part where it's visual novel running around, but then it's yeah. like top down like, what we just saw. I don't understand what I'm doing in the game. And I know like you feel the plot or like the actual like the gameplay the gameplay. Game, right? Where I'm shooting shit from Yeah. Whatever. I don't uh, okay. I want to try it out because it looks cool and I've heard good things about Vanillaware. Um, yeah. but I'm I'm with you too that like the visual novel portion, I'm all in on it. It seems cool. I and I, I understand what's going on here. But yeah, I look at the gameplay and I'm like, all right. Traditionally, I'm not a strategy person. Like, I'm not, this isn't my type of game. Sure. But, and I... <laughs> oh, uh, that was an accident. Sorry. <laughs> I have not. I don't worry. Don't worry. Can't make an omelet, you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, but, yeah, like, I... I don't know. I will, we'll see. It looks interesting. I'm not sure all of what's going on, on there also. Understandable. Understandable. Uh, we also got Going Under, which is coming out to P on PS4 Thursday, September 24th. Going Under is a roguelite-inspired dungeon crawler about exploring the, the cursed ruins of a failed tech startup. Uh, you'll wield office junk as weapons as you battle your way through the forsaken office complexes. Stab a demon with a thumbtack one moment, run over a goblin with a smart car. The next, your options in combat are constantly changing. Uh, this is another one that I think looks really cool. I really like oh, the art style awesome. of it. I think... Correct me if I'm wrong. I think this was like part of Sony's indies thing, like when they yeah, talk about indies on the PlayStation blog. And yeah, we had heard it. about this a while ago and seen some stuff about it. Kevin, I have a question. With the new setup that is the pandemic, are you able to mute me for the live people, but keep me rolling for the, the on-demand people? No. Okay. I'm sorry. That's okay. If I mute you, it mutes you overall. There's no. No, I figured as much. Audio, I figured yeah. as much. I could show people yeah. stuff. What the hell does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I, it's like, I'm doing what I'm doing right and now. If we, if we cut the stream for the YouTube people and then went back to streaming it, that would, does that, because you'd still, do you have you to end what? the stream that, that, in YouTube, no, I right? Think that that, I think that should work, but it also could break everything. Hey, everybody who's watching live, we want to end the stream for a second for you, and then you can catch this portion on tomorrow's uh, PS I Love You, and then we should come back from it. And if we don't, oops. All right, I'm going to cut the stream now. Okay. All right. We're still rolling. You're so smart. You figured this out. Yeah. I thought Good. it might. It was one of those I meant to ask you beforehand, quick, but in classic quick. Greg kind of funny fashion, forgot until we got to this moment, like this precipice. And so then I could do it. So, hey, everybody. Uh, the embargo's up for this game uh, going under uh, when you see this on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services. And here's my thing. I reached out to the PR company, right? And I was like, hey, I want to talk about it today, but our timing schedule is weird. I've only played 30 minutes of this game, maybe 45 but the, from this morning while you guys were doing games daily. I spent that time playing it or whatever. Super stoked to get back to it. Oh, really? Super stoked. Because I had seen it and thought the, the idea was cool, right? 
we'd seen the trailer we just you just did the you know the roguelike dungeon crawling aspect of it uh in the trailer of course in what the game is is you know you're an intern at this tech company that is fizzle which is like you know it's basically like a Lacroix, but it's a Lacroix that you can drink for breakfast lunch and dinner and it like takes care of you or whatever and it's it almost i have a feeling is going to be too it'll be the same thing as watchdogs 2 where watchdogs 2 was such an amazing satire of san francisco that if you didn't live in san francisco you might not get it and the same thing here of like work somebody working in silicon valley and talking about their apps and uh, disrupting the marketplace and uh, how shitty interns are treated it might not ring as true to you just the stuff but i find the dialogue hilarious uh i think the art is really well done like you saw a bit of it there of the way the characters talk to each other and then when you run through it's even it's colorful and crazy um it's funny to come off of Hades, which is similar, obviously, of doing yeah. different runs, trying to do whatever, and jump right into this and enjoy it for not completely different reasons, but way more for me about the narrative. It's the narrative in the world that's surrounding it because the gameplay is there, right? Like you said, you can pick up all sorts of different items in the world to use. You have three items at any time; they they break over time. So, like you know, you can pick up. Uh, the tablet pen is what I've been using a lot because it electrifies people. You can get the pod to plant like you were mentioning. You can get keyboards. And then, you know, once you use it enough, it breaks and falls away. But it's simple to get into and get your bearings on. And then you start adding all the stuff onto it, right? Because it is a dodge roll. It is the attack. It is the pickup. It is being able to throw stuff. And then as you start to go into it, you start acquire different skills on your runs that you have, right? So there's like clap back, which is of course the clap emoji uh, from your phone. And if it is, if you get hit, you knock everybody down, right? And then you can get disruptive. So critical moves electrify people. And then one oh, of the I real ones I liked before I left was like, there's stores in there and like, you're going into this dungeon of failed apps, right? Like different stars up so you like there's going to be different themes to them we already knew but like you want we'll go into one of the little uh item stores there and there's a is like a coffee shop you'd find in a in a, a building that is running this kind of like tech startup shit and like you talk to the monster behind it like are you gonna fight me or like not be bad for business like what do you want to buy instead it's got that kind of humor to it there's a guy called the entrepreneur so like you can buy all these different upgrades for you obviously on your run to be better feel fill your health do whatever but when you get to the entrepreneur he actually you it's he has this whole funny dialogue of like is it you know that you can get stuff from me but will it be worth the price and so basically instead of seeing what item you could possibly get you're presented with a curse that you put on yourself so like for me it was like the the one i got when i ran into him the one and only time i, I saw him on my three or four runs before when i started this game was like uh okay my weapons will do less damage now for three different rooms and when I then went, once I accepted the curse behind him, this thing went up and there was items there for me to take then to apply to my character or do whatever. And so then it's like this cool push and pull and it was keeping me on my toes and I went. Like I said, just 30 to 45 minutes of gameplay, but it's one of those like putting it down to do interview. I was like, fuck, I want to play more of this. So I'm excited to get back to it this evening. Uh, so that's just super top level. If, if for some reason, Cool Greg breaks the embargo and puts this up early. It's just a great, I'm kidding. No, it's a, like, I, I, I'm excited to play more. I don't know if it's going to be like a piece of bubble gum where I chew it up and, you know, two hours in, I'm like, oh, I've kind of gotten everything out of it. But colorful, fun to play, interesting, uh, challenging. I'm trying to keep myself alive and going through and see my hearts go up and stuff. So that's yes. awesome. I was really Sorry. looking forward to, to jumping into this one. Um, but then Hades came out and kind of ruined, kind of ruined my chances, which kind of sucks because like, yeah, this looks like a really cool uh, game. The art style is awesome. And and I absolutely enjoy uh, roguelites. And I hope to get to this at, at a certain point. Maybe I'll boot it up and play like 30 minutes or something. Um, but yeah, Hades came through and, and stole his thunder, which is unfortunate, I feel like, for, for this game. Well, it's, it, you know, it's one of those interesting things, of we course, like that. going under, not yet, uh, not yet, going under, you know, 
Hades not on PlayStation 4, right? And I think that's an interesting thing. Like, if you are in that roguelike dungeon crawling thing, like, this is your option now. And I think at first glance and first taste, I'm enjoying it quite a bit and can't wait to get back to it. Now you can go back, Kevin. Thank you. Budget Cuts is coming to PSVR uh, Friday, September 25th. Uh, Put on your PlayStation VR headset to unleash your inner office spy ninja skills and save both your job and your life in this unique PS4 stealth game. As an employee at mega conglomerate Transcorp, your role is as a paper shuffling filer has been put under threat by the arrival of cost-cutting robots. And as your latest co-worker has has been dragged off to the terrifying HR department, your only chance to survive is to take matters into your own hands. Uh, of course, this came out on other VR platforms. Jamie felt him at Upload VR reviewed it when it came to Oculus, uh, and they said, at its best, Budget Cuts is a gleeful stealth playground that thrives on the spontaneity it demands of the players. At times, it will it will have you holding your breath as you crouch under cruci- under cubicles uh, and then cackling with laughter as robots run headfirst into a pair of scissors. But it's a game that can also succumb to the weight of its lofty ambitions, constantly wrestling with irritating bugs, imperfect systems, and coming up light on content. It took two years for Budget Cuts to come out, but I can't help wishing we'd all been a little more patient. Uh, well, now it's out for PSVR, and so if that sounds up your alley, there you go. That looks like a GoPro game if I've ever seen one. Dealing with the portals, jumping around, Kevin, that seems like something you'd want to break. You know, around. honest to God, I was just thinking that. I was just no. thinking that. So if, I know my if baby. we ever request it, let's get one more code in there for me. You got it. Of course. What is up, Kind of Funny Games family? This is your good pal Scott Porter, friend of the show, and Greg Miller's here to talk about an amazing virtual event I am hosting this Saturday, September the 26th, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Pacific, to support the Huntington's Disease Society of America and their quest to help families battling Huntington's disease all across this country, including my very own. Have you ever wanted to get on a private Zoom call with Greg and just uh, drink some paint can and, and talk about anything your little heart desires? Well, guess what? We have an auction that is open right right now at hdsa.org slash bid where you can go and bid on that very item. You can also go and bid on custom Cuphead Xbox One consoles, uh, Taco Bell Xbox One consoles, uh, The Amazing The Last of Us Part 2 Ellie Edition signed by Troy Baker and the like. We have sports memorabilia, video game stuff, tabletop stuff, experiences, uh, in-home dining. We have a ton of amazing items that you can go bid on right now. Uh, if you want to join us for the show, you can go to hdsa.org slash freezehd. We have live music, guest appearances by Rachel McAdams and Bryce Dow Howard and even more. So join us that night, hdsa.org slash freezehd uh, to take part in the show and hopefully donate. And if you love any of the auction items, please go to hdsa.org slash bid and bid now. Uh, take Greggy home for the night. Why not? All right. Peace. Uh, Greg, I have in here at the end of X's and O's a secret, a secret segment. segment. Yeah. I got a, I got a secret segment here. It's, it's going to be a one-time thing, unless it's like a complete hit, and then okay. we'll, we'll we'll adopt into the thing. Kind uh, of funny he's been looking for a hit, hit for a while. so that'll, Exactly. Uh, a secret segment called Blessing Quizzes Greg. As I was, oh, I as I like was, this. I don't like this at all. As I was surfing through the web uh, in search of PlayStation updates, PlayStation news, all the stuff to go into the X's and O's, I came across, across a Push Square article uh, oh, titled... God. How closely were you watching the PS5 showcase? They oh, have God. 10 questions here, which are going to test your knowledge of how closely were you paying attention to the PlayStation 5 showcase that was last week. Oh, Greg, shit. Fuck. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm listening. How many questions do you think you can get out of 10? Can I ask questions before you go into it? Sure. Like, 
how hard are they? Like, because it's one of those things. Like, is this going to be like, what color was the shirt of this kid? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to tell you, it's exactly that. It's multiple choice, though. If Fuck. that helps, <laughs> it's like it's it's okay. Four, okay, four multiple, choice okay, okay, okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. Uh, this is again Push Square. Robert Ramsey put this thing together. So shout out to Robert Ramsey. Question number one: Which was the first summon shown in the Final Fantasy 16 trailer? Was it Ifrit, Shiva, Phoenix, or Titan? The answer was Shiva because you all screamed about Shiva for a while. Wrong. The answer is Fuck. Titan. Uh, they they say all four of these recurring Final Fantasy summons were shown in the Final Fantasy 16 trailer, which made for quite the spectacle. It's Titan that appears first, though, just after he crushes. Why'd you guys shot about Shiva for so long? Uh, Shiva came through second. I I personally do not recognize Titan. Shiva I do recognize from Final Fantasy 7 remake, and so. And I also recognized Ifrit, but like he was toward the end, I think. So that's that's on you. That's on you. Guys, you yell. You everybody. Ah, fuck off. I don't care. Question number two: Which villain was shown in Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales gameplay? The Tinkerer. Demo? The Tinkerer. That is correct. Complete with many. If it's, it's going to be like that, that, if you're going to ask me Miles questions, let's go. Come on now. You're going to ask me fucking Cloud pulled out his Buster Sword and touched this thing. I don't know what the fuck's going on in the game. Right now, you got one question correct out of two. What was the first location shown in the Hogwarts Legacy trailer? Was it the Great Hall, Gryffindor Common Room, Headmaster's Office, or the Library? Is it Great Hall, Gryffindor Common Room, Headmaster's Office, or the Library? I feel like it's Head... Uh, no, no, no. I, hold on. I feel like it's Great Hall. I feel like it's Great Hall, but maybe that was the second. Maybe from the outside. Because I felt like they showed the outside of Hogwarts. Does that not count first? I mean, they I'll don't have great, it as an option. I'm saying Great Hall. Great Hall? Because I know what Correct. that is. It was the fires. The lights. Correct. The, the answer is Great Hall. How could you open on anything but the iconic Great Hall? This is Push Square speaking. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy looks set to perfectly capture the atmosphere of the school, as evidenced by the num- by the numerous locations we've, we, we saw revealed in the trailer. Uh, so there you go. You got two out of three so far. Question number four. In which year is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War set? Is it 1979, 1975, 1981, or 1969? I mean, it's 81 because it's the Cold War, right? So it's the 80s. Well, then Reagan's in 81. Correct. And the answer, the answer is 81. Uh, that was a good poll. I was waiting for, you. I was waiting for you, you to mention Reagan. Um, we went to the moon in 1969, though, which is a fun fact. The reason I know that, there was an episode of Even Stevens. It was the musical episode. They had a whole song about how we went to the moon in 1969. Not history Not- class. Not history class, no. It was Even Stevens. It was an episode of Even Stevens. It was a great song, too. Uh, Question number number five. In the Resident Evil Village trailer, a large enemy was seen carrying a huge weapon. What was this weapon? Was it a hammer, chainsaw, shotgun, or sword? Can you read the question and the thing? Because you're saying an enemy, right? So not the character I play as, right? Yes. In the Resident Evil Village trailer, a large enemy was seen carrying a huge weapon. What was this weapon? Hammer, chainsaw, shotgun, sword. It's tough. For me, it's between chainsaw and hammer. But I don't even, I don't, for the record, I don't remember either. (laughs) It just, he's already large. I'm going to say chainsaw because he's large. So he'd have a large chainsaw. Incorrect. The answer is hammer. You're Fuck. almost there. Yeah. Uh, push square here writes. If you got this did one right. Did you take this quiz? How did you do? I got seven out of ten. Fuck. How many yeah. do I have? 
so far you have let's see one how many have two, i missed i guess you two? missed two two out of five so yeah okay. you have three I, I gotta go perfect from here to beat you exactly um they mentioned if you got this one right you're either very lucky or watching the resident evil village uh, trailer very very closely the enemy in question appears for only a split second but he's clearly wielding a massive hammer perfect for smashing human skulls we imagine question number six two assassination targets are shown in the death loop trailer which one appears second is it alexis billy ray igor or colt which assassination target is shown second we got alexis billy ray Igor or Colt? I'm Colt, right? Isn't I th- don't and that's not my pick. Don't click it. Mm-hmm. Don't say anything. Don't lock it in. Of course. I don't know if you're Colt. I I mean I do know, but I'm not going to say. I think it was Alexis. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Correct. Yeah, that's that, that's correct. Another tricky question since the latest Deathloop trailer shows two different runs, and Alexis is the first target to get iced in the later attempt. But, but hold on, he's Deathloop. the second. Cool. <sighs> Sorry, you go. You can keep talking. Sorry. Oh, Sorry. okay. Yeah, yeah, but he's the second target to actually appear in the trailer. Igor is shown before him in the first run. Okay. Yeah. So Colt is who, who you're playing as. At least yeah, so Colt is Colt is the main character, uh, or at least the, the 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 dude. I don't know if you play as the lady that keeps appearing at the end of each trailer. Talking about oh man, I think, I'm still you do. I think here. they've confirmed that, haven't they? I thought they confirmed probably. That. I I think they might have confirmed it. at the first one, like at the first reveal, that like it's a back and forth kind of thing. Question number seven. Uh Virgil has a number of special abilities, but which one was not shown in the Devil May Cry 5 special edition trailer? Is oh, it fuck off? <laughs> is it summoning V by stabbing himself? Is it shooting swords made of energy? Is it generating a force field around himself? Or is it making a clone of his devil form? Which was not shown. Which was not shown. Uh, stabbing V. What, what's the stabbing himself? Stab, summoning V by stabbing himself. That is incorrect. The correct answer is generating you know, a force field. Oh, oh, oh. All right. It's fine. I was going to pick that one anyway. Oh, okay. Wait. Oh, the record, oh, I was questioning I like it as a, a readback. Part of the trailer. Oh, gotcha. Was it? Yeah. Like, well, I, I mean, guess it. I guess I'm just like most of the audience, where it said "Devil May Cry," and my eyes glossed over, and I was like. Hmm. I'm gonna eat some food that's not tonight. How sales mm. of Devil May Cry Five will say. Ah, you know what I'm not talking about. Question number eight: What was the first line spoken in the Odd World Soulstorm trailer? Is it quote Who are these morons? Is it Holy shit? Is it What are they doing? Or is it Follow me? What was the first line spoken in the Odd World Soulstorm trailer? Who are these morons? Holy no. shit! No. What are they doing? Maybe follow me. Maybe I feel like the follow me thing is that's what Abe does later, right? So, what are they doing? Is my answer correct? That is correct. Shit. Number How nine, many more do I have left? Fuck, yeah, two more left. If I do, if so, I can't, I lose you if I get one of these wrong. Uh, even mean, though you think you, you put your, you know, you, you, you know, took this in the privacy of your own home, no one watching you. Three, yeah, four correct, five correct. So, yeah, you have to get both the next ones to tie with me oh god okay (laughs) sorry i'm looking at the next question how many enemies were killed in the demon souls gameplay trailer (laughs) is it 11 13 8 or 6 how many enemies were killed in the demon souls gameplay trailer 11 13 8 or 6 
See, the issue here is that Demon Souls, oh, it's such a hard game. Because this is killed, right? Enemies killed? Yes, enemies killed. So it's like, did they kill? It's either it's either six the least or it's 13 the most. Because it's got, you know what I mean? But like, oh, fuck. There was the big spider guy. He got stabbed. You know what? Blessing. I overthought this one. I don't need to. All right. Everybody knows Whoa. Taylor Swift's favorite number is 13. I put Whoa. my faith in Taylor Swift and I pick 13. Correct. Whoa. Uh, they, 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 they're right <laughs> here. It's down to the last one, isn't it? <laughs> they're right here. You probably hate us for this question. A whopping 13 I enemies do. were slain. I do really hate you for that question, Push Square. Thank you. <laughs> slain during the Demon Souls gameplay trailer. 11 of, them are, 11 of them are dispatched during the demo portion of the video, and two additional foes are killed as the trailer cuts between different shots near the end. Last question. Which of these games is not part of the PlayStation Plus collection on PS5? Is it Until Dawn, God of War, Persona 5 Royal, Days Gone? Persona 5 Royal. It's Persona 5 that's in the collection. Nice try, Push Square. Correct. Oh, you nice score try. 7 out of 10. Tied up with me. Good stuff. <sighs> How do you feel? I don't like that. I don't like being put on the spot. I don't like it being an unknown thing. I don't you like them asking regardless. questions about Devil May Cry. So, yeah, but like full disclosure, like many of those were guesses. <laughs> like I don't fucking like, oh, I didn't count how many. Did you? You didn't know how many enemies got killed in the Demon Souls thing, did you? No, I think that was the one I got. That was one of the ones I got wrong. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, um, I can't I remember I which one I got right. Closely. I didn't. I guess I didn't watch it closely, like they're saying, right? The yeah, you didn't watch it closely enough. Granted, I mean we're doing reactions, and so there's only we can only watch it so closely. But even given that we're doing reactions, like seven is still a great, great score. Uh, I think I guessed the Devil May Cry one and got that right somehow. And then I'm trying to find the other ones I got wrong. I got the hammer thing right from Resident Evil. Did you um, remember it though, or did you guess it? A little bit of both. Like I, it felt right <laughs> though it was a hammer, but I I don't know if I remembered it or if it was just one of those things where I played enough Resident Evil to know that. They like hammers in those games. They also like chainsaws, though, and so who knows? See, that was my thing. I got... Oh, uh, I like that. I want yeah. more I want more quizzes like that. I, of course, got Tinkerer correct. Of course. Kevin. Kevin, the famous role. Oh, yeah, Kevin. Yeah, what? played the, the Tinkerer in, in Lego... You were the Tinker. Oh, yeah. In a Lego game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I think I might have got the Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War year wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, was not stuff there. But even then, I was like, if you notice, I was like, well, the Cold War was in the 80s, right? I didn't even think that Ronald Reagan's in it. Like, I don't think yeah. Reagan was making big moves. In, but th this is back to Americana, right, Kevin? Where it's like, wait, when did Ronald Reagan become president? And then I got to do a whole bunch of math in my head to try to figure that out. And I'm not going to do it. I can't, refuse. Can't do it. He's going to refuse. Because I remember in kindergarten, right. they had us put our little photos on who we'd vote for between Bush and Dukakis. Right. Wait, really? And Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was, that sounds I like was, a thing they did for us in, in like fourth grade. Kindergarten seems early for that, though. Well, and that was the thing is, let me tell you, I was raised in an radical. affluent white white uh, suburb. So guess what? It was all the kids on Bush and then me and one other kid from the afternoon class on Dukakis, which should have told you everything. I was voting that way. But that would have been 89. So a new president in 90. So then in 82, that doesn't sound right. Is that one? Well, did Reagan do two terms? He must have done two terms. Right? Wait, 89. Because I'm doing that's... four, eight, eighty-one. Oh, eighty-one. So there you go. So in eighty-one, he would have been running to take office in eighty-two. Wait, how is that? Because wait, we we got a wait. Two thousand was an election year, right? 
And so we're rewinding by fours. Yeah, yeah. 96, 92, 88 would have been the election year, right? He was 81 to 89. Was the, he was the president. Oh, yeah, cool. you're right. 88 was the year. You're right. 88 was the year. Gotcha. Oh, so I graduated kindergarten in 1989. That's how old I am, everybody. Whew. Who do you think was the president when I was in kindergarten? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, W? Who must have been W? Hold on. I'm doing the math. When was I in kindergarten? Oh, wait, no. I would have been in first grade in 2001. So kindergarten Fuck. would have been in year 2000. Okay. Uh, well, then it's election 2000, right? Yeah, so I would have been wrong. It would have been oh, Clinton. yeah. would have been Clinton. Yeah. <sighs> You're so young, you know? That's, you what they, like that's, that? that's what they call they call us the Zoomer generation because we just we we be zooming that's how young we are i'm not a zoomer i'm not ladies and gentlemen digest all that while you hear from our sponsor (laughs) our friend scott porter who is doing something pretty amazing for huntington's disease to stop it of course uh here he is to talk about freeze hd all right and then back to us uh blessing why don't we round out this episode put her to bed by talking about what we've been playing uh i already talked about something we're done with that i'm not gonna bring it up again all right but cool. what I will bring up is the suicide of Rachel Foster, which if you remember two episodes ago, I had just started in a similar situation where I started it in the morning and then had to do the show. And then I came back to it. And I told you at the start of it, man, the game was really great. And I was excited to see where the mystery was going, yada, yada, yada. It has, it, I still enjoyed the game overall, but it does the traditional horror movie where it just can't close, where it just can't figure oh. out its, its, its ending to, in a way that is like awesome. I thought the entire journey through it was great. I thought the performances were great. I liked where the story was going. It kept me guessing. It did things I wasn't expecting. It, it, again, if you just joining us, you missed this before. Suicide of Rachel Foster. Uh, you come back to your dad's uh, hotel. He's passed away. You have been estranged from him for 10 years since basically this is all revealed early on. Don't freak out. Uh, that it, it, Since the, it was revealed 10 years ago, uh, right, or you were 10? It's, no, it's a week since I played it, so it's just dusty. Since it was revealed that uh, he was having an affair on your mother with this girl, Rachel Foster, who killed herself afterwards. And so you come back and then have to start piecing together this mystery of what's going on there, and it seems supernatural. And is the ghost of Rachel there? You get a creepy phone call. All these different things are happening. And so really enjoyed the ride, but it was that classic horror movie thing of once we got to that last thing and he turned the corner and then it just went, I was like, oh. You couldn't land the plane, but I enjoyed the ride overall and had a great time with it. Also, if you wanted to use use some kind of spoiler-free walkthrough, it turns out it's a very easy platinum. I missed one trophy organically, and I was pissed about it. Cool. Blessing, what have you been playing? Greg, I'm happy to report that I have beaten Persona 5 Royal and that I have platinumed Persona 5 Royal. I'm free. I've done it. It's come to an end. There is kind of an emptiness there. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's, it, I feel like I've been in a relationship with this game. How many for hours? Half a year now. 135. Was it worth it? Yes. Okay. I was blown away by the ending. The ending is fantastic. I was not expecting to get as emotional as I did toward the ending hours. Like They, they do the Persona 5 thing where they really know how to drive home the characters and your relationship with the characters and, and, and what the characters mean to the story. Like it, it is amazing how much I care about every single one of those characters in that game. Like it is, yeah. it, is it is crazy how they're able to pull that off. Um, but yeah, like I, the way in which when breath of the wild came out, I feel like the, the common thing people talked about with that game was there was like a certain magic that 
sure. we feel like operates in that game, right? In terms of how they really make it feel like magic and the way the the discovery and exploration work uh, works. For me, with Persona Five, it is the game has such heart in like its characters and the the relationships and the story. Like everything behind it has such heart to it. To like to the point where it's hard for me to even sit down and try to critique mechanics or various different things. Like the mechanics are awesome. Like they 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 figured all that out except for that one dungeon that I complain about. Um, that everybody complains about. I saw. Yeah, uh, a few months ago. Terrible, terrible boss fight that was. Um, sure. but like I I could sit here and try to pick apart certain things, but at the end of the day, there is there's a certain heart that game has, and I, it. It is just incredible. Like it is an incredible game. I I thoroughly enjoyed my 135 hours. I think that now brings me to a total of about 250 hours total spent wow. with Persona 5, and I don't regret any of it. Uh, yeah, no, it's it, it's crazy. Uh, it's good, and I'm glad I platinum it too. Like it, it it feels good as a. It's one of those platinums where, like, you're proud of that. Yeah, like it. it I, I I've said this before. Right? I don't necessarily care about platinums really. Um, unless it's like platinum that like I feel like it's worth getting. And Persona 5 Royal is one of those to me because one, it's not too difficult of a platinum if you're beating the game anyway. But then also it's a game that I would say is special to me. And like that I, I feel like the platinum is kind of a symbol of that for me. Like I have platinums sure. that aren't that, you know, like tell uh, Tales from the from the Borderlands, but even though I do like <laughs> that game. Uh but Persona 5 Royal, I really do take that as like a point of pride of like, oh yeah. Like I beat this game, I did everything in this game, I really enjoyed this game. It's one of my favorite games ever now. Like it, it's something special. And so, shout out to that. That's awesome. Congratulations. I'm proud of you. When are you gonna finish it? I mean, you can joke around about it, but remember, I started the diary for a reason. I will get back to Persona Five Royal. Oh, you'll, uh, you'll no be back soon. to it. No yeah, time right. soon. What diary? The thing, the book I brought on the, I had the book multiple times on the show where I was takes, showing you my takes notes. notes. Yeah, so I so that I couldn't want to get in the same Persona Five situation where I don't remember anybody or what they're doing. Like I have my part time job written down. I have descriptions of what's going on and why it matters and stuff like that. But as usual, and back to my point, and I'm not even trying to start a war or whatever. It's just like a JRPG is something I. It's not a genre I traditionally enjoy, and so again, it's that thing of it's not even the amount of time, which has always been the joke I make, right? Of like, oh man, 135 hours. It's 100 the gameplay loop of it where. I, I'm still playing Avengers. That's on my list here, right? And I'm going to continue to play Avengers. And I think since we last talked about Avengers, like I hit the power level cap with uh, Captain America, which of course meant grinding and going after all these resources. And the not even slow descent into madness that game became for me of doing it, where Goldfarb explained to me, all right, well, yeah, you, when you're when you finish the when you get to power level thirty, that's as high as you can naturally go with your gear. But then you get the uh, the plus 10 power from your major artifact. Then you use the upgrade resources on your things to get them to 140. So then plus the 10 gets you to 150. I remember hearing all that. I'm like, that doesn't sound fun and I won't do it. And then I started doing it. I was like, oh, I actually enjoy this. But I'll never do it with a second character. And now I'm running Black Widow trying to get her back to that point to gear that out. And when I do that, I'm going to be like, all right, now I'm going to do it for Kamala. And then, you know, am I going to be doing it for Hawkeye and everything else? Like Avengers continues to be that game that, Everything you've said, everything we've said, and you've heard about it is true. Where, man, ah, oh, it's broken here. Oh man, I want more of this. Ah, oh, it sucks the same hallways. Ah, oh, it's the gameplay is so fun. Ah, oh, and it's just like it's still that thing that I love to do of signing on every night and hitting up Goldfarb, Tam, and Sean 
and we go out there and we just wreck shop for two hours and hang out and talk about talk shit and not only not rarely even about the game lots of times right just what's going on mm -hmm. with our lives our industry and then also a little bit of like yeah i can't wait for hawkeye or i can't wait for the next war table or i can't look for this and of course they just dropped a major patch last week trying to address some of the things and what comes next i don't know but i'm still hopelessly addicted to avengers which is that's interesting awesome. that the game i was talking about before that's embargoed of course uh you know let's see how much that uh, interjects into it and does all that stuff and then hades too but we already yeah. talked about that as well too that's a pops if i ever heard one yeah oh my put god it I, put on. it on playstation please uh i'm really adoring that that, that game for right th this is the first super giant game i'll say it's super giant right yeah. i always get them i always get their name mixed up with drink for no reason oh, okay. yeah for no reason whatsoever and super massive i get yeah. for some reason they are these the, the, these rotating developers that make completely different games but i mix their names up and I think, honestly, I think it is because of this podcast uh, and maybe beyond. Like, I think hearing you guys talk about all these studios, sure. I, I'm sure there was like a time where they probably all released games at the same time. Right, and I would hear you guys. Yeah. And I would hear you guys like reference them. And now they're all the same to me in my head between Supermassive, Drinkbox and Supergiant. Uh, but yeah, this is the first time I'm playing a, a Supergiant game that I am totally in on. Like I tried mm. Transistor and just like fell off of it even though i think that game is beautiful and, has, and totally. does some really cool things but the gameplay just wasn't for me uh tried pyre gameplay wasn't for me this time I, around it it's hit me like this dude, is, this is exactly for me for me being somebody who is such a huge bastion fan and reviewed that for ign uh obviously i have loved the games that have come since and when i play them and stuff but i i think it was klepic but it might have been schreier over the weekend tweeted about it and put in there like uh transition transit the last two transistor and pyre right just didn't click gameplay wise in a way that you couldn't put it down so they never finished it and it was the same way for me where i i really dug transistor but it was one of those things that i played and then something else came along so i put it down and i never felt the need to go back to it and then pyre i was right there with you of like oh this is a cool story but i don't want to play this weird soccer game or whatever and i get what you're doing it's just not for me mm. hades is such a return to bastion form for me where it is like, fuck, I love this. And I can't believe that I loved it from the first trailer. I, you know, installed the Epic Game Store on my fucking PC, which I and played a game on PC, which you know I never do. And then now to have it on Switch and be sitting there on, over the weekend sitting down and playing it and be like, yeah, this still fucking slaps. Yeah. I want to talk about it more on Gamescast because I I sure yeah. I want to dig I did, oh, I want to dig into it. Um Aside from that, also another game that's not on PlayStation. I've been playing Super Mario 3D All-Stars. I'm not going to say it the pops because I don't think that'll ever come no, into PlayStation. Well, you never know. Maybe but, that's PlayStation's big move to fight back. Oh, man. It's I Bethesda. mean, if there's any move that could defend against Bethesda and Microsoft, it is, hey, let's buy Nintendo. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, I've been playing a lot of that. Uh, and then I've also been playing Tamarin, which is a game I talked about on, on, on Gamescast. But I do want to rank it for PSN games. Ah. Rank. It to, to reiterate for this podcast, and I'm going to I'm going to make it a succinct uh, point because I, I kind of ranted about this game <laughs> on Gamescast. Sure. Uh, it is. So Tamarin is a game from X rare devs that uh, it's a third person platformer that is taking a lot of influence from Jeff force Gemini and other games from rares uh, N64 catalog and summed up. It really does feel like some really good ideas based on what those games did mixed with some of the worst ideas from those games. And I'm somebody who loves those games. I'm somebody who loves Jeff Force Gemini, DK64, and Banjo, and Conquer. And this game really 
weirdly enough, this game really leans into like the DK64, Jeff Force Gemini Conquer side of things. Like you play as a little Tamarin with a gun, and a Tamarin is basically like a thing that looks like a uh like a small red panda kind of creature. Um, if you don't know what a Tamarin is, because I did not. Uh but <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, it, ha- it has when I say cool ideas, right? Like it has almost like a Metroidvania-esque 3D uh space kind of stuff spaces and like environment kind of style where you're going through these different levels you're finding new abilities and then those new abilities will allow you to progress in the levels uh it has like a lot of collectathon stuff going on with it um some good a lot bad where there are things that you're collecting where i'm like i don't know what this is for i don't know why am i doing this yeah yeah why am i doing this these these collectibles just exist just to exist and then there are other collectibles that you collect to get other collectibles um but some of those collectibles can be shot in the head and killed in the case of uh the birds that are in the shooting levels that are supposed to be like your rivals from jeff force gemini it's a whole thing man i i wanted to like this game more and in fact it within the first few hours i really was enjoying this game uh if i really liked the uh what they're doing with the story and what they're doing in terms of tamarin's home has been destroyed by these ants like these alien ants that are the exact same things from jeff force gemini that seem to represent industry and seem to represent uh like some of these bigger ideas that they never really go all in on um but it was kind of salient playing it at the same time that california has been on fire and it kind of hit me that way in the first few hours I i was like oh man yeah this is like a really cool pleasant game and i'm really enjoying my time with it i really like how it looks I really like the soundtrack done by David Wise. I think he did a fantastic job. But the more and more I played of it, the more and more it started to break down in all these different ways, namely being the collectathon stuff gets way too much. The shooting controls are not great. In fact, they are maybe worse than Jeff Force Gemini's shooting controls. It's a mixed, it's a mixed bag in a lot of ways, but let me just wanting way more. Um, and so to rank it for PSN games ranked, let's see here. I mean, do you, do you want to do the whole intro? I know it's been a while since we've done this. For it. <laughs> blow the dust Just off. Blow it hey off. everybody, this is PSN Games Ranked. Remember, we wanted to rank two uh, PSN games against the rest of them for throughout the year based on the blog and the drop, and they stopped doing it. So now we just have a funny list we're tossing things into. Right now, the top 10 look like this. Uh, there are a total of 50 games on the list. Number one, Manifold Garden. Number two, Telling Lies. Number three, Fall Guys. Number four, John Wick Hex. Number five, Streets of Rage 4. Number six, Undernight in Birth. Uh, exe uh, number seven subliminal number eight hunt down number nine star wars episode one racer and number 10 round guard you can keep up with the list at kind of funny.com slash 104 list blessing where do you want to put tamron i'm gonna put it at number 33 uh right below hunt showdown and right above castle pals castle okay. pals if you remember it was like a 2d uh Rattalika game that i accidentally got a platinum in uh and then hunt showdown was a multiplayer game that me and greg played together uh pretty popular on, on, on pc and i'm sure it's popular too on console but uh this feels like it fits in right right there because i it feels like there was more tlc put into it and i'm not even say tlc because i don't want to disparage the Rattalika games because some of them are pretty good um but it feels like there's more there than there was in castle pals but compared to hunt showdown hunt showdown just feels like a more complete well-rounded experience compared to tamarind and so at number 33 it sits i have breaking news for you i'm gonna put the suicide of rachel foster in at number 15 oh that puts it of course below Kamiko, which you ranked and then above foxy land 2 which i put in there at number 16 as a surprise so nice there you go anything can happen here on ps <laughs> i love you xoxo slash 104 psn games ranked and hey that's 52 meaning that we're halfway to that 104 number we wanted when we started this whole dang thing are we gonna do you think we're gonna get there 
I mean, we'd have to start playing more since we took weeks off. So no. I mean, I feel like I've been <laughs> playing games pretty regularly. Uh, you have. You know? Remember, it was that we. Sl- no, 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 no. Don't you try, know? try to turn around on me. Like we're not doing the work. Remember, it was that like <laughs> we didn't have the uh, week. There'd be a week where we wouldn't do it, and we would slip, and we wouldn't put it in the thing. And we didn't. Do- that's that's where it started getting off. And then yeah, it's something we're not playing the games. You're and saying you're-, you're saying we a lot, Craig. No, no, I'm joking. I know it was me too. It was me too. No, no, no. You can do say whatever you want, motherfucker. We'll get to the end of the year. See who's got as many numbers on the list. Now it's oh, a wait, do you do you think you're gonna get more games on this oh, list than I am? Are you on this list? Wait, hold on. Count the. I want to count the. We're not. Somebody else can count them. Because I you definitely, I I don't think there's a there's a chance in hell you catch up to me on this list in terms of the the amount of games that we each have on this list. Is this an? You can only be ahead by three or four. What was that, Kevin? Is this an Excel spreadsheet? It's a Google Doc. It's- oh, yeah, but sorry. So you should be able to organize it. Did you guys ever mark who was putting in what? Every time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It should be easy to organize. You just need to alphabetize that. Oh, yeah. No, we're do- well, we're doing this now. I'm making it a thing. Everybody right, go we're- to <laughs> kindoffunny.com slash 104 list. You can look for yourself. I just updated it with the things that are happening right now. So you we're can get tra- in there and then we're transforming the segment into something new. Now it's blessing versus Greg who can play. But more here's the thing is you have to, it, I guess I, there's a couple in here where we both put our, our name on it. Right. Uh, so you got to keep that in mind when you go through, maybe it's actually just fall guys. Yeah. I think it's over. just fall guys though. I mean, if you want, you can add your name to hunt showdown. Cause you play, cause you played the no, OP, no, right? No, no, no. You want to check on, but then I'll have to add my name to zombie army. You want to try to fucking fight me on this? We'll fucking go. Don't worry. We can fight. Now I'll see in the streets. That's what you're always talking about. Right. Make sure to wear a mask. Ladies and gentlemen, that's PS. I love you. XOXO for episode 38. Remember, the show doesn't stop. You can go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames to get that post show we do each and every week. Of course, on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can get a bevy of perks, including getting your questions right on the show. You can be part of the PSN profiles when we do them. You can watch live just like Demetrius Newell, Mike L, and the final boss fight are right now. Uh, of course, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can get a new episode of PS I Love You XOXO each and every Tuesday, 6 a.m. Pacific time, youtube.com slash kind of funny games, podcast services around the globe. No matter where you get the show, thank you. Consider subscribing, uh, liking, following, sharing tweets, all that jazz. And of course, going to patreon.com slash kind of funny games where we got a post show to do. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.